This is going to be just what the doctor ordered. No more DKP, no more talent specs, no more infernal bill. Good morning, sir. Coffee, tea, or milk? No, no thanks. I think I'm just going to try to catch some sleep on this trip. Oh. Is this vacation or business for you? Vacation. Definitely vacation. I've been so stressed out at work, and my World of Warcraft guild has so much drama that my blood pressure went through the roof. Then there's this Eloy. More content. Be funnier. Go get me a beer. Relentless. Doc says I need some rest and relaxation before I have an attack. Or another one. It's going to be terrific getting away from it all, and my vacation officially starts right now. Well, if there's anything I can get for you, just push the blue button and I'll be right back. Thanks. <sighs> oh, man. I forgot to ask the stewardess for a pillow. You'd think those would be standard issue. Let's see, where's that button? God, I hate pushing this thing. Where did she go? Man! Did that guy next to me bring chips on the plane? You'd think he could wait just a minute to we're in the... Oh, God. His crumbs are getting everywhere. No. That's it. Just breathe. Happy place. Go. Happy place. Jesus, wrong with that guy. No, no. Paris Hill? Who's that? Oh my god. It's, it's like a pod people raid. I just, I, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm looking at you, but I mean, can you just hang it up for a second, please? The whole world doesn't need to know. People are staring at me, Michelle. I'm on the plane, talking on the phone. Stewardess. Hello. Woohoo! Da, 
<laughs> okay, enough with the cell phone. I snort it, snort it. <laughs> you know, why is there always a crying baby on a plane? I mean, haven't people heard of NyQuil? Speaking of which, stewardess, uh, can I get a phone over here? How about a shot of vodka? Crying children love crying children. They're so nice and cherubic and whiny and loud and annoying. For the love of God, would somebody please get a sock for that little girl's mouth? Hey, mister. Mister. Mister, 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 mister. Kid. All right, all right. Hey, did you know I got to see the cockpit? Cockpit, that's nice. Boy, uh, you ever see a grown man naked? This is my first plane trip. <laughs> nice. It's gonna be your last if this keeps up. Stewardess, uh, stewardess. Hello, hello. Vodka, party you want, right here. <laughs> did you know I could count to one thousand? <laughs> You're a real mathematician. Your uh, mother must be very proud. Why don't you go find her? I think she just jumped out. Take it. Punch myself in the face over and over and over again. Stewardess! Vodka! Please! Anything! Shot of night will morph me! Somebody help me! Is that a dead man out on the wing? Thunderbrew Distillery here in Calanus Dunmore. Dust off your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of Rhapsody Malt and settle in. It's time for another round of Tavern Cast with your hosts, Cromley, Eloysius, Inferno Bill and Kern Cater. We'll bring ye tools, tips, tales and tricks from the great world of Warcraft. Welcome to Tavern Cast Show number 28. I'm Infernal Bill. I'm Aloysius. I'm Cromley. And this is Kern Kater. Welcome back, everybody. Back and ready for action with more content. Is that what I smell? We don't do content. Well, less vacations, at least. <laughs> Make sure you visit us on the web at www.taverncast.com. Visit our forums, sign up, add some witty banter. You can also visit us on our Skype account. Give us a call at 734-418-8727. Leave us some, also some interesting information, and we'll be sure to uh, showcase it if you talk about guys and burritos. We'd also like to ask you to please check out our other websites, which includes WarcraftInsider.com for more general Warcraft information, as well as our uh, seldomly updated blogs. And uh, we also have a, ta- a Cafe Press store at TavernCastStore.com if you want your own TavernCast or just general Warcraft fat loot. The mugs yeah, are cool. The mugs are cool. mugs are hot. The mugs are the hot. They're unbelievably good. 
All right, so today, for our drink of the show, we are doing something called a shandy. And a shandy is a general term for any beer that's mixed with uh, a flavoring or flavored with something like a soft drink or lemonade or a juice. That's the general description of a shandy. But in that general description, we're drinking something known as a Rattler. The Rattler is one part lemonade and one part light ale. And it was invented by this dude, this Munich restaurant dude, named Franz Kugler in 1922. Ach, yeah. Und ja, I'm going to go on my bicycle. What's a refreshing drink that I can drink and not we've all on the now road? now we dance. <laughs> yeah. Schnell, schnell. Yeah. I'm so tired of the smoke beer. Yeah, you know. This is fantastic beer. It makes me want to run for governor. <laughs> okay, so this this drink called the Rattler, this Franz Kugler dude in 1922, he had about 13,000 cyclists that were passing through on this big race they were having, passing through Munich, and they all visited his tavern, and he, as he started to run out of beer, he basically took lemonade and mixed it with the remaining beer, and then pretended basically to stretch it out so he had enough beer. He watered it down. He watered it down, bastard. but with lemonade, nice. and he pretended that he created it. Um, for the cyclist in mind, so he names it the Rattler or the cyclist. So that they, and he, he told them that it was it was watered down so that they could drive home on their bikes without the risk of falling off of the bikes. Oh, that's right. a load of horse nice. crap. So the I'm thing, sure though, full price too. Yeah. So after he made this drink, he it got completely famous and it spread throughout Germany and eventually, you know, throughout the rest of the world and made a whole subsection of beer mixers called shandies. So the Rattler is what we're drinking today. It's still real popular in Germany. Um, it's primarily like a summer drink really it We're tastes like there. a summer drink um and here's how you make it so you take one half light ale we use boddington's pub ale which is really a super drinkable ale on its own bill did you have a chance to drink that by itself without mixing it i did because when i looked at the lemonade and i was going to mix it with the beer i said oh no this is just this isn't going to be good so i definitely had to take a sip of the beer first to kind of say goodbye what you think? <laughs> it's delicious poddington's is delicious mm-hmm. very good stuff very, it's real it's real smooth real drinkable um it's real creamy it's got a lot of body to it and the cool thing is is that the front of it is yellow and black and it's got little bees on it it's a really bright yellow mm-hmm. it's hard to miss yeah yellow and black so anyways, you take one half light ale, so we use Boddington's, and one half premium or homemade lemonade. You just put them in a glass together, they'll self-mix, and drink and enjoy. We we used uh, Simply Lemonade, the brand Simply Lemonade, because it's one of the best uh, premium lemonades on the market. Um, and it really does make a difference, I've found anyways, when you're making uh, a Rattler to use good lemonade. Because if you use like the crappy lemonade and the jugs you get at the supermarket, mm-hmm. like the sugar water, it, it really isn't jugs. the same. But I think that <laughs> the, the final taste for this drink is a lot like um, lemon meringue pie, kind of. The yeast of the beer mixes with, with the lemonade and it tastes very pastry-ish. We know it's kind of funny that good I'm stuff. actually snacking on some graham crackers with this because it really does. It should probably be good, actually. It really does. It's really kind of an added compliment, this snack mm-hmm. today. Couldn't get any different than uh, smoke beer, huh? <laughs> no, not real. So, cheers. hey. That's like the meal. This is the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so cheers, cheers, everybody. Oh, we finally got the clean check for all these shows. We keep forgetting to do that. Guys, I don't know about you. I've gone through an entire glass and it's more. You like them, don't you? This is delicious. It's plenty it more. It's very good. I'm going to be tanked in about 10 minutes. Well, it's only half a day. Nice. Show Check begins it. in 10 minutes. Marker. <laughs> Whatever. I went down to the beach and saw Kiki. She was all like, and I'm like, whatever. Then this chick comes up to me and she's all like, hey, aren't you that dude? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So later, I'm, I'm at the pool hall and this girl comes up and she's all like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. So, Eli, what did you do this week? I don't know because I have to look at my list. <laughs> what did I make up that I did? I last made week? up an entire list of things I did this week, and I'm going to need it to reference what the hell I did. On the Taverncast forums, there was uh, a link to downloading the alpha client for the Burning Crusade, and another link for an updated version of the World of Warcraft model viewer um, thing that you can get from Curse Gaming or other places. And if you run those two things, you can uh, look at all the character models and weapons and junk like that from the Burning Crusade expansion. So I downloaded that, and as I was goofing around with it, my, my intent was to go in and just sort of check out the models. And as I did, I was um, thinking again about whether or not I should roll up a uh, Blood Elf Paladin. And it's one of those things that has been... Uh, <laughs> it's been vexing <laughs> me for a long time since I found out that they could become Paladins as to whether or not I actually would, because I'm pretty much moved on from it. I, I, I don't know that I really... I wouldn't go back and play Eloisius the Alliance Paladin anymore. It's just it, it's been too far away, and I play a Warlock, and I can't hardly stand Paladins now. But the idea... Nevertheless, after, the transition yeah, is complete. After, yeah, <laughs> after I thought basically about the idea of, okay, they're supposed to be Dark Paladins, and the, the idea of taking my previous skills as a Paladin remastering them and using them to kill other paladins made me insanely happy. You're kind of like the Anakin of World of Warcraft. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's holding me back. Basically, yeah. And and the whole point of a paladin would be like, okay, I'm I can use this paladin around. to hurt and dismay the alliance that I came from. So I'm like, woohoo. Well, in all reality, that's actually the lore behind the Blood Elves. And where they get their power from is exactly what you're talking about. So I'm good to go. So anyways, I decided to roll up a <laughs> Blood Elf Pally. And I went yeah, that's an interesting, Kurt. <laughs> Thank thanks. you, but anyway. <laughs> Back to me. More about me. <laughs> you know, you've got what, 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 half what the show is about the lore, okay? Yeah. Give me my two seconds for my tiny little insignificant rant. Smooth out your skirt. You got a wrinkle over here? Okay. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh. Oh, here's a palette. So, yeah, so I, I loaded up the model viewer, and I went through all the character selections for the Blood Elves and picked out a, uh, a character and sort of went through the the 60 levels worth of potential armor choices and et cetera and sort of pre-picked out stuff and started buying them up on the auction house. So I'm I'm in the planning stages now, and I think what's going to happen is, is that when the expansion comes out, I'm just going to set aside time and roll up my Blood Elf and... Uh, get the my paladin up to 60 yeah, as fast as possible. The other half of the server that's going to be making blood elves. Yeah. Probably paladin. Well, yeah. Let me ask you this before you move on. I saw the uh, character model that you had picked out, and one overarching thing that you may have not mentioned, or maybe you did and I, I missed, I didn't hear it, is you, you rolled up a female. Is there any reason why you chose a female over a male? Yes. Then there's Yes, absolutely there is. The biggest reason is, and it was compounded later when they released the sound effects or the, the audio files for the for the uh, the expansion races, but the male Blood Elves look stupid, and their moves <laughs> kind of look your, stupid. I just <laughs> yeah. I just don't like them. They're too, uh, I don't know, the, the animations aren't good. The, there's just something about it that did not appeal to me. Where the, the female Blood Elves, at least the one that I picked, which was the least um, Paris Hilton of all of them, <laughs> as far as like facial expression and, you know, etc. There, you know, she looks at least semi-normal or kind of evil. I thought that like the way that the female blood elves stood and everything, their their whole disposition in character design was very off-putting. It was like, you know, I'm better than you. I'm evil. 
I've got issues. You know, they're very um, goth and emo, and I kind of dug that. But according to the lore, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, whatever. So, anyways. <laughs> the... <laughs> Actually, can I... Can right, I so, yeah. Them? Crowley, what did you do this week? Well, I think uh, I don't think I mentioned this last week, so I'll mention it now. I got Exalted in Alteric Valley. Oh, cool. That last show? Oh, wow. No, awesome. no that's, that's nice. That was a long, slow grind, but I actually got, I bought, I wiped out most of my cash, and I bought um, three epic items. Which, is, which ones? I bought the immovable object, the uh, unstoppable force, which is the two-hand mace, and the shield is the immovable object. And then I bought uh, the ring, which I forget what it's called. It's Don, like Don, Don Julio's. Don yeah. Julio's. Yeah, yeah. the ring. And so that nice. makes four epic pieces now that I have, in addition to the awesome. Uh, so that mace is really good. The, the oh yeah, stop force, force, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I use most of the time. Yeah, cool. Unless I need the shield, but the shield's really good too. So Trey Uber, wow. that's awesome, man. How long did it take rep grind to get there? I don't know for sure. I didn't really. I mean, I would just go in whenever I felt like playing, and there was nothing else going on. And um, it, it seems to consistently be getting faster as, as they patched. Because when I started, it was the old AV, and then they they made the patch where they got rid of some of the guards and. Every single patch, it seems to get faster and faster. So now I think it, it's probably not that much of a grind. In fact, in fact, I think a lot of people think it's probably the easiest of the battleground rep grinds to do. Hmm. For know? people that haven't done it yet and maybe they've just started, what's what's some good suggestions to grind that rep fastest? Uh, well, just just play the game and hopefully win. You get a lot more if you win. But I mean, Bill, you can probably chime in here too. But I, I think you get rep whenever anyone turns in stuff, which is probably a big thing. So I always try to turn in. You know, my, my the various quests, like the armor scraps and the blood and, and all that stuff. Yeah, you get rep when you uh, beat some of the lieutenants, when you beat some of the marshals, when you take down some of the captains, and then, of course, when you win. And it's actually, if, if it's going well, you have a kind of a constant stream of rep coming in in the newer versions now. Of course, now I don't need it anymore. But <laughs> If you had it to do all over again, would you do it again? Oh, yeah. In fact, I still play it a lot. I'm kind of working on trying to get up to my rank 7 stuff and PvP ranks, so... Hmm. It'd be lot. nice if they came out with some new stuff for Alterac Valley, like yeah. even once you're exalted, because now there's really, you know, once you hit that, there's no reason to keep going in there, but it's such a fun instance, it, it would be nice to go in there just for that. Yeah, I actually like it far more than the other Battlegrounds. I mean, it doesn't have to be like super duper uber stuff, but it could be, you know, stuff that may even be helpful to you as you're, you know, gr- doing other stuff in the world. There is actually, I mean, it's stuff that you'll actually get right away, but like the arrows, I think, are some of the best Arrows you can get if you're a hunter or someone uses ranged weapons. Uh, bullets, I think they have there too. I don't think any of the other like the bandages and stuff you can't use in normal play. And obviously the items are, are good stuff. But it'd be nice if like you, maybe if you won the battleground, you could turn those bandages in there into like winning That's bandages. That's true. Yeah. You know that you or could use outside. Them, right? Then it you know incentivize you to win and go in there. Well, it's and, you weird know, get too because you can't even use those bandages in the other battlegrounds and stuff, which is kind yeah. of annoying. That's my next rep grind too. It's it's a good one, especially done, if you're if you're a plus too. damage kind of. I I still do it a lot. In fact, I've been trying to do that for great honor turn, and so I do. You know, you need three of the win tokens or whatever from each of the battlegrounds. So I, hmm. I still do a fair amount of AV. Kernkater, don't you want to tell Cromley where the lore fits in with his story? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's got a pretty good has pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's great, Kernkater. What did you do this week? <laughs> Yeah, so this week I did a lot of stuff with endgame raids and things like that. As uh, we reported last time, I finally hit 60, and so I'm just starting to get into the the endgame things like Skolomance and Strat and a couple more of uh, a couple more 
Yeah, Whaling Caverns. I'm really, really, I'm really looking forward to hitting uh, Rage Fire Chasm this week. I'm really stoked about that. It's a tough one. Better gear up for it. Good luck. Yeah, boy, I'm gonna need you guys. Way to to challenge yourself, there, Lord Princess. (laughs) (laughs) You're on my list this show. Just letting you know. Mm, Okay, well, (laughs) I got your number two there, sweet face. So the. Art, Cromley and I are going to be sitting in the corner. I'll hide under the table. Actually, the best part is she's sitting here with a bottle cap stuck to her forehead. So, as all the fanboys' ears perk up and go, "Ooh, is she about to be single?" <laughs> and in this corner, one of the really cool things that I've I've started to do with a lot of the other new '60s is get myself more in tune with the uh, different strategies of being a part of a group that's larger than just a five-man group, 10-man groups and whatnot. And while Undead Strat isn't a 10-man group, it's much more challenging in the respect that there are higher numbers of pulls. You have to be able to strategize what you're going to do, keep your focus on what your responsibilities are, as opposed to just dotting everything and wiping it all down. I've probably gone through Undead Strat, I don't know, half a dozen times in the past couple days probably 10 times over the last week, and I'm really, really liking it. You uh, tried that 45-minute run, too, a couple times, didn't you? Yeah, we had a we had a pretty awesome group a couple nights ago, and we said, okay, well, you know, we don't really have the strategy for the for the 45-minute Baron run down, but let's try to see how fast we can get through it and see how far we get at 45 minutes. This is for those of you who are familiar with Undead Strat. What Undead Strat is, is it's the city of Stratholme, which is in the northern portion of eastern Plaguelands. And you're going to ask me what the lore is behind it, and I'm sorry, I, I can't tell you that right now. Why, why not? Fired. Because I'm not as lean as you think I am. Once many moons ago, in the northern part of eastern Plaguelands, Blizzard one was in <laughs> Yeah. And hence one was born. Yeah, there's a reason why right. we don't have you do the lore, Bill. So anyways, <laughs> 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 Mommy, I don't want to listen to Taverncast ever again. <laughs> More beer. There's a couple different. There's a different ways you can get it. There's live strat and there's de- undead strat. And honestly, I haven't done live strat yet, so I've only done undead strat. And it's a bunch of undead zombies and stuff walking around, and you got to kill them. And Baron Rivendare has one of the Argent Dawn people who, once you get into the instance, it tr- sets off this trigger, and the, you see the Baron come over your chat. I've got this person, and you guys better leave, or I'm going to kill her, blah, blah, blah. So from that point, you have 45 minutes to get through the instance with all these really horrible masses of bacon who are going to try to kill you in order to get to the Baron, kill her, and save the princess. We've only had one group in our guild so far that's been able to do it with like a few seconds left, and I give them mad props, because trying to do it the other night, I don't know how they did that's it. It's a challenge. It really is. We got through, we got to the part where the gate is. You get, you get, you enter the instance, you have, oh, probably... <clears throat> Yeah, 10 to 20 mobs, depending upon whether you skip a certain group or not. And then you get to a gate. And it once you click click the gate and open the gate, you get through, and that's when the 45 yeah, minutes starts. Start. Right. And go. Right. Anyway, so you get through around the corner. And there's, I mean, you, you open up you open up the gate to look in Undead Strat, and there's bats whizzing by, and there are these banshees that are standing there, and there are these <laughs> undead ghouls walking around. And I'm literally, you walk in, and you're looking at 15 mobs right off the bat, all in different depths from you and there's spiders and there's stuff and oh, there's and casters there's towers and there's mini bosses yeah to beat and is this one of the first hard. times you were in undead strat 
No, 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 no. Because it just no. all seems really new to you. So is this, I mean, is this like all this this past couple weeks? Yeah, but see, the reason why it's so fascinating to me is because the concentration of, of mobs that you have to kill in a certain amount of time is just overwhelming to me. Yeah. To think that you've got to get through all of this in a certain amount of time is just mind-boggling. And honestly, the group that I had, we were chain-pulling, and we were doing awesome. I mean, one of us, there were two casters, a hunter and a tank, and we're getting through, and when one of the casters would get low on mana, we'd sit down and drink, the rest would fight, the next boss would get pulled, the next ping would get pulled. We had two to three mobs going in all the time, clear out that first entryway, and then made get got the ziggurat, took our corner, went down the way. It was really unreal, really unreal, and I really liked it. We only got as far as the third ziggurat when the time came up. Because when you get to, there's different things called ziggurats, which are like little little, uh, little huts kind of in the middle of the instance um, that you've got to go to and kill the little mini boss there and then keep going to the next one. you got to get all three of those ziggurats down before you go to an archway that has a bunch of those big, fat, slobby, yeah, nasty... Kinda, yeah. What are you trying to say? Patchwork. Kinda, yeah, patchwork yeah. kind of things with a big hook coming out of their They kind of look like Eloy. <laughs> Except see, I, we're yeah, going to be overt with I've it. I've been trying to lose weight. <laughs> but and fix the holes in your skin. Exactly. Get a tan. Get, get a few less stitches. Every time I smack them, some blue or green item drops. It's pretty fascinating. Out of my oh, ass. Yeah. Abominations <laughs> stitching or whatever. <laughs> yeah, abomination <laughs> stitching, right. I can't tell you how many braces of valor I've got stacked up in the bathroom. Which, <laughs> it's unreal. No, but the uh, get through to them, and they're these big honking, um, they're the guardians of elevators in the Undercity. You guys, I'm sure, have seen those if you play horror. They're called abominations. The abominations, yeah. And there's bile, bile spewers and venom something, venom spitters, and they're really, I mean, they do a lot of damage. But they're just, they're just so gross. They make these slurping sounds and these squishing sounds. <laughs> what do their toes do? I haven't noticed. Their toes don't do anything fascinating enough. Yeah, they, they, there's some serious cankleage going on. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm not surprised if they've got some, some congestive heart failure going on based on just the girth <laughs> of their legs. But, I mean, clearly their peripheral vasculature isn't really up to snuff because they've got this gaping wound in their stomach. But. Yeah, that would be rough. Oh, so you barely have to hit them then because they pretty much die of a heart attack just by running over to you. Actually, you're, you're striking actually their adipose tissue and there's so much They're of well it armored. that you've really got... Yeah, they've got a lot yeah, of really good armor. Right. This is the reason why you are on the show. Right there. <laughs> why? Right. Because no one else sees this game the way you do. <laughs> nope. <laughs> But anyway, so my, my whole point was that's what I did this week is I went to Undead Strat over and over again because I love that. I love the fact that you've got to really, you've got to change your gameplay from just dotting and hitting and watching your own health to, okay, what am I going to do next? What are the, ca- the capabilities of my other team members? How does it all fit together? Because then when you get on to things like Z- like Zulgarub and Molten Core and eventually AQ and everything, you've really got to have this down on a much bigger scale. That's rating. Um, either you like it or you don't, I think. Yeah, but I mean, if you do it in, if you don't, you know, hit 60 and then just jump right into the core, you'll really have a better handle on it. So I know that's something we're trying to emphasize with all of our new 60s. We've got a lot of new 60s that are coming up in the guild, trying to get them to understand, listen, you know, run Blackrock Depths, run... Ubers and Elbers, run Undead Strat, Live Strat, you know, run Skullamance, get your dynamics up because you're really going to have a lot more fun and have better success when you do that. So, so what did you do this week, Bill? Well, um, I did a lot of stuff with the pod people. I think when last we spoke, we were doing Molten Core and last we had some. <laughs> last time on Blowing Out Your Ears, we did very well in Molten Core. <laughs> And um, 
surprisingly well. We hadn't been in there before. It was our first time going in. And uh, to recap, we downed Lucifron and Magmadar um, with somewhat ease. Since that time, we've um, increased our rating schedule in Molten Core. So now we're doing Molten Core three nights a week. We're pretty much going in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we normally go in for, on Thursdays, we go in for a couple hours. And Friday and Saturday, we're scheduled for three hours at a time. And we now have eight of the bosses down, pretty much down pat. Yeah, it's it's very ex- it's exciting for us, um, especially earlier on. You know, we got them down fairly quickly. You know, you you get down those first two bosses, and that was good. And you know, and then we got to Gehennis, and we had to figure out. You know, it's pretty much very similar to Lucifron insofar as you know you do that little dance of the forward and backward and stay out of the rain of fire and not get cursed. And we were able to do that, and then get over to. We have such an abundance of warlocks in our guild mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, Gar, one of the strategies for Gar, he's got these little ads, is you banish those guys. So we had plenty of people to do banishes, so we've actually never wiped to Gar, you know, even as of today. Knock on wood. Of course I've now <laughs> jinxed it for all of our, <laughs> for all of our future Thanks, runs. <laughs> right, exactly. I've laid so, we, <laughs> so we've never wiped against Gar. And then, after Gar things get a little bit more dicey. I think Eloy mentioned it earlier about the, the lava packs. Um, you put on your fire resist gear because these guys have fire splash damage. That kind of hits everyone around them upon occasion. And that fire resist gear is great. I think, and it's been said a number of times, that those lava packs are tougher than many of the bosses <laughs> that we've encountered in there. So, yeah, I mean, and especially. With the <coughs> I'm sorry, I just kind of woke up. You're talking about molten bore, molten bore, and then and then you talked about See? the lava packs, and I suddenly woke up because <laughs> I, it sounded exciting. Go ahead, carry on. Yeah, it can be kind of almost boring <gasps> up to that part <sighs> because everybody walks so slowly, and you know, and, and the poles are very far apart. Certainly, nothing like. I mean, really, it's nothing like Undead Strat, what mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what Kern was talking about. So, but once you get up to that point, and you pull the lava lava packs. You've got to get almost used to how to do it, you know, to, to run it a little bit more aggressively because they're tough and people die, and you can wipe the party pretty easily. So, blah 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 blah. So we get Geddon, we kill Geddon, and then you know, um, who's next? I think Shazra. I think wasn't that a the swear word from Mork and Mindy? Shazra. Shaz- Oh, that's Shazbot. Okay, so we get Shazbot, <laughs> and um, Shazbot dies. You know, you keep going, and uh, who's the next one? Golemag, the big, you know, big giant molten guy. Um, it's just a very long fight because he's got so many hit points. And as long as you take your time, you make sure your tank has got enough aggro. It's just you just wait him out and you kill him. It's really surprisingly simple. And then we get up to the last guy, Sulfuron, the one with all the priests, the guy that smells like rotten eggs. The um, <laughs> So all in all, it's been, we haven't gotten into um, Major Domo yet, which I think maybe next week we'll be doing. But all in all, it's been a great experience. And f- we'll go in there if we have 30, 31, 35 people. And really, I haven't seen a heck of a difference performance-wise between 30 and 40. I mean, 40 is going to be easier and faster, but we're we're still able to pull down the same bosses that we were before with only thirty people. So it's um it's been a fun week, it's been very interesting and uh, and I'm enjoying it.
So we haven't talked a whole lot about the future World of Warcraft expansion, Burning Crusade. We've given little, you know, we've talked a little bit here or there and given little news bits, but TavernCast really is not a show about breaking news per se. So oftentimes we won't recap what's already been released. We'll just sort of accept that most people have, say, heard of Blood Elf Pallies, for example, and not go into, you know, how it happened and why it happened in the whole nine yards. But we thought it would be fun to at least go over some of the well-known generalities about the coming Burning Crusade uh, expansion, the things that people are excited about, and then just have a chance to kind of do a little roundtable and, uh, you know, talk about our feelings about it and see what we think and, and so forth. So we know that the level cap is going to be increased to 70, two new races to play, uh, at least 14 new zones, both in the new Outland and the new racial starting areas for the Blood Elves and the Draenei. What are you guys planning to do first? Are you going to level up one of the new races, or are you going to continue with the story and the new quests? Crown, let go. Um, personally, I don't really care about the new races. I, I would have been more interested in new classes, because they would actually represent new... I mean, I guess the new races have new abilities, but they don't. Re- I mean, they're really not not bringing that much new to the game, other than a new look and some new racial talents. So for me, that doesn't really appeal to me much. So yeah, I'm definitely going to continue, you know, level up the shaman and uh, check out some of the new zones. I'll probably make a blood elf at some point just to see the zones, but it's not a burning priority for me. A burning priority. Burning, 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 burning crusade. Yes. A burning, burning, burning crusade. Burning? Of the burning. There's, there's medication for that. Yeah. <laughs> Penicillin. <laughs> okay, current uh, Katera, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm, I'm mostly playing Horde now, so I think that, if anything, I would wanted, would have wanted to have rolled up a new Blood Elf. But I'm actually kind of torn, because... You mean as opposed to your current 60? Right. Okay. Because when you think about it, you think about it from the lore standpoint. Me, lore? No. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 you know, when I'm looking at this game, I'm always <laughs> trying to think of it from the lore standpoint. <laughs> I'm really not liking the Alliance so much right now. I'm really liking the Horde and the whole underdog kind of a thing, and and they've got this piecemeal, uh, you know, treatise, and they're all kind of working out of a, a, a relationship out of convenience. Once to get you go what Horde, you never go back. Faux <laughs> shizzle. You know what they say. <laughs> the size of your orc is comparative <laughs> to the size of your. Okay. Anyway, so keep going. But, keep going. <laughs> there's but, a track. Well, stay but, on it. But the. Uh, <laughs> The, I'm really having a problem with the lore of the Draenei, but I like the way they look more. See, I'm 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 a person who's focused on the lore because I like the story, but I also like the aesthetics. I don't like the the story behind the Blood Elves. I just don't. It's negative. It's truly evil. With every single race of the Horde, you can actually there's there's a there's a backstory to it. Where you can actually kind of see things from their perspective and kind of take their side a little bit. Well, you can see it from the perspective of the Blood Elves, but I, I disagree with you on that because the undead are evil. The undead aren't evil. The Dude, un- they're planning to make a plague that's going to wipe out all the races on Azeroth. Some that's of pretty them bad. are. So only only the people that are only the people that are with the Alchemists, the um the Apothecary group are. So you can skip those quests for the sake of the lore. Right, exactly. My my point is is that the lore behind the Draenei, I'm not too keen on because it's retcon, and you know how I feel about retcon. At the same time, I find them more aesthetically pleasing than the Blood Elves. The Blood Elves, I don't necessarily like the story behind, although it's con- I like the story behind because it's congruous, but their attitudes and their art is not pleasing to me. You know, we were looking at that model viewer that Eli was talking about, and you're looking at the difference between the Blood Elf male and the Blood Elf female. Okay, let's put the Lightforge all 
armor on the blood elf male paladin. Okay, he's fully covered. Let's put the <laughs> light forge on the female blood elf, and she's wearing hot pants. I mean, let's talk. Let's be real here. Yeah, but I that's don't the way wanna... it is across the game. That's I... that's not just the blood elves. Well, looking at the undead females, it isn't that way, and I really like playing a blood an undead female. It, go to the model viewer though and check it out. You'll see it's the same way. So the problem is, is that the skin is not skin on the undead; it's bones. I know. And I'm not I'm not negating your point. Your point is totally valid, but I mean that's a. And I don't, you know, I'm not trying to come across as a prude because really I'm not. You know, I like looking at stuff as much as the next person, but I'm just saying that, you know, if if you want to make up a race that people are actually going to play and it's not going to be a bunch of kitties wanting to dance on mailboxes and strip for gold, I mean, that's the issue. Really, that'll happen? Oh, I don't know. All right, about two minutes. Yeah, Bill, what are you going to do? You going to play one of the new races? You going to continue with the quest? Well, I'm torn too, but not for the same reason that Kern Katera is. I'm torn just because I've always wanted to be a paladin. I know, I said it. It's out there. It's kind of like Yay. I've been in the closet Surrounded a little bit. Surrounded by paladins. Yeah, I, I mean, seriously, when I first rolled up a character, it was, you know, uh, Night Elf Hunter. But then, when I rolled up a second <laughs> character, <laughs> it was a... I'll pretend a, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> it was a paladin. Just something about the Holy Warrior is appealing, and even though I know that in an endgame circumstance, I would imagine that the paladin's role, or I foresee it being something along the lines of you know, making sure that any stray mobs that get, you know, into the backfield are taken care of or off-tanked, and you've got, you know, people call them a buff bot, but I, I find, frankly, I find that kind of appealing, being a support class, making sure that everybody is um, properly buffed out and making sure that the, uh, you know, that n- there are no, that all the stray mobs are handled. With that said, there's so, m- there's so much cool stuff, though, in the Burning Crusade, notwithstanding all the different areas, all the different quests, all the different things to see. You've got all the talents, you've got all the new abilities that I could, you know, deck out my warlock with, which is also really appealing. So it's probably going to be a touch and go with me. I imagine that Burning Crusade is going to be ridiculously crowded, and if there's, you know, all kinds of lag or if there are any kind of problems, then I'll probably end up leveling my pally and uh, and waiting a little bit to, to work on my warlock more. Okay. Cool. I'm sorry, but that's wrong. <laughs> wrong! Next topic! So what are you going to do, Eloy? Well, as I said before, I'm going to... I've decided through thinking about it that... I, look, one of the big mistakes that I that I made early on, and I've, I've said on this show numerous times, is that I leveled too fast to 60, that I would have liked to have slowed down a little bit. There was this urge to get to 60 as fast as possible to just kind of keep up with people and everything else. But uh, I, I learned through doing that that I... You know, I missed a lot of content, and I think a lot of enjoyment that I had in leveling was lost because I was rushing and skipping past things. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to make that same mistake with the Burning Crusade. I'm going to really try to take my time and enjoy the content. And you know what? If I'm one of the last people to 70, then so be it. I'm totally fine with that. Once I had that firmly in the in the forefront of my mind that it didn't matter as much, you know, how fast I made it to level 70, then I was like, well the next thing for me to do is how badly do I want to play one of the expansion races and like I said I, I kind of decided that for basically for the good of the guild and for the fact that I want to play a paladin I think again we'll see how it goes but I, I think I do I decided that I'll I'm going to probably when the expansion comes out take the first you know three four five days or whatever and try to just grind 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 you know as fast as I can up through six to 60 again get her in a position where she can help the guild so I'm, I'm looking forward to going with the new race as quickly as possible and forgoing some of the new quests for at least a brief period of time. I was just going to ask you because you just made the point that you didn't... That's 1 to 60, which I've seen a million times. Oh. 60 okay. to 70, I'm okay. not going to... Yeah. You're not going to... You're not going to... Yeah. I gotcha. Okay, so sort of in the same vein, 
uh, paladins and shamans are now cross-faction, or they will be in the Burning Crusade. And the classes are going to be kind of coming into their own a little bit now that they don't have to be balanced against each other. So what do you guys think are the ramifications of this? Pluses, minuses? What are your thoughts? Crownley, go ahead. Well, I think if, if they if they really are going to make them more, I guess, capable, I guess that is what they're they're talking about, That that's a good thing. But I don't really like the idea of there being Horde Paladins and, and Alliance Shamans. It just seems to basically cheapen the whole specialness of being a Shaman or a Paladin. You know, if, if they can have, I mean, if you can run into them on the India, in the Battlegrounds and stuff. You know, plus, what are you going to whine about if the other side has them too? You know, you can't say, "Oh my God, they won because they had paladins," <laughs> which is what they've too. been doing a lot. We now. need whiners. <laughs> the lifeblood of the forums. No, do you do you feel <laughs> like battlegrounds? I mean, are you interested at all? I mean, is being a shaman of you know killing the other shamans on the other side basically as a? I don't really care. I've killed shamans in the past. You know, it might be interesting to to see as a shaman how it works. But I mean, you can get that anyways if you do some dueling and stuff. I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those people that it's hard for me to really get too worked up about what's may or may not come down the line in the future. So we'll see what happens. It's not like I'm going to delete my character or anything. So mm-hmm. okay, um, My story is is that I've never played a shaman and I've never played a paladin, so I really don't know um, comparatively what the strengths and weaknesses are of one against the other. So I really don't know. I think that it'll have to be seeing them on our side and seeing what the difference a paladin makes in our group versus what the shaman is that I'm used to. It's been so long since I played Alliance, I don't even remember what the paladin did as compared to what the shaman's capable of. So Hearth. Shield. Hearth. Shield Hearth. <laughs> there you go. You got him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, and then talking I don't know smack. That That's a good button. Exactly. All right, Bill, how about you? Slash wine. You know, I don't really deal with the Alliance too much now that I'm retired, essentially, from PvP, and I'm just pretty much focused solely on raiding. So the fact of the matter is I don't really think about the Alliance all too much, and because of that, seeing the Paladin come into the fold of the Horde, I only view it as a good thing. It's basically hmm. a brand new class to us. Um, I didn't really ever consider, you know, evil pallies. I always considered evil shield hearthing players. I never thought of the the actual. I never had any spite for the actual class as opposed to the people who played it or how they played it. So I'm looking forward to having the the pallies in their in our fold, and more so looking forward to the abilities that the pallies bring to our raiding environment. It's just one more thing to add to the mix that's uh, already interesting. How about you, Eli? Well, I was really against it at first. When the news first came out, I was like, this is a bad idea. Uh, I think for the same reasons Cromley just said, actually, is that it, it dilutes the difference. Between, the, it takes away the uniqueness of the, the two factions. But honestly, the more I, the more I've thought about it, I don't know. I tend to come down more, more with what what you just said, Bill. I don't think it's quite as uh, big of a deal. And the, the very fact that, see, now I don't know how they're handling uh, shaman. I, I think I have less of a problem with the paladins because they're going out of their way to even change the name on some of the quests and things like that of the paladins and the backstory for the paladins uh, for the uh, blood knights as they're actually called with the blood elves is you know pretty dark and it's a different kind of story mm-hmm. so I can accept the idea that these are dark paladins I, I hope that by the time they release they actually give us a little bit more to point that out but I don't know how they're going to handle shamans because not much has been said about that so I'm curious to see how if any way at all they're going to differentiate alliance shamans with Horde shamans. I, I'm hoping that they will. So, but I'm not. I'm not against it. I think it'll be, it'll be okay. And it took me a while to get used to that that thought, but I'm okay with it now. I think.
when the expansion comes out, there's going to be at least eight new dungeons that are going to be released, uh, with the content capped at 25 players, uh, most of it being 5 and 10 man, and all of them having a sliding difficulty setting. So there's no more 40 man rating in the expansion, with at least the new dungeons. The other stuff will, you know, remain there, like Molten Core, etc. So, with that cap in place, and a lot more 5 and 10 mans coming up, what do you guys think about that? Probably. I would say if I'm more interested, I mean the cap is cool. I, I'm not. I, I think the smaller instances are, are more fun, just because they're easier to set up for people. It's easier to get into a five or ten person group to go do something than to set up and coordinate a forty man raid. But but also the sliding difficulty. I don't know exactly what that means in the long run, but if it's anything like some of the City of Heroes that's stuff exactly that we've, we've experienced, that's really good because that'll make it a lot easier to hopefully allow a wider you know range of players in and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, they said it'll be basically it'll be they the players will be able to like go back to you know one of the first level 62 dungeons oh. and then ramp up the. I want to go back and fight Van Cleef. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would. Be, but they said that, that functionality won't be there immediately. Yeah. With well, the someday though, that could be cool. That could give you a lot of replay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to go and try things as a different class or or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, character. Wrong. I well I, I I'm I'm thinking about this from from two perspectives. First of all, we have a guild that has a great number of, of level sixty players, all who enjoy playing together. So you're going to have right now we've got thirty people that get together to play Molten Core. So if we have a um, let's take those thirty people and now we've got ten minute instances or let's even say twenty minute instances. Now they're going to have to go to a twenty and a ten, which is fine, which actually makes more sense. I think it'll be beneficial. For people, as I mentioned earlier, who are learning how to do the smaller raids so that they can get their group dynamics together, because then you really do feel like you're a contributing, valuable member of the of the group. Honestly, when I go to Molten Core and there's 35, 40 people, I feel like I'm just a number, like I'm lost in the crowd, like my little wands or my dots really don't matter that much. So from that way, it'll be beneficial. But again, I'm really I'm really wondering how it's going to work with people that like to play together, is it going to make things more clicky? Are you going to have your group of 10 that's going to consistently go and play together? And will you, will hmm. you, you know, will you use, lose that sense of community with a larger guild? That's a good point. Yeah. Bill? You know, I think looking outside of our own guild, there is going to be a big wake-up call or a lot of growing up to do or a lot of guild drama. In I would think, uh, you know, well, I was going to say the vast majority, but I would say a lot of guilds. Because what the game really has set itself up to promote is people joining um, limited raiding guilds of, you know, 40, maybe just over 40 or more people of serious raiders. People, the same people over and over again, night after night, a group of people that you can rely on, that you know, that you're friends with, that you get along with, and that you play with. And this is going to break up all those raiding guilds, because you're basically going to have either an A team and a B team, or you're going to have, you know, variations thereof, maybe three C teams or, you know, three A teams or however it's going to be broken up. It's going to break up those, it's going to break up those existing relationships. And I think people are going to have to rethink traditional hardcore raiding styles. What this means though, for everybody but them though, I think is only a good thing. Whatever instance you're going to go to in the Burning Crusade that has the sliding scale, I imagine it's going to open up that instance for everybody. So what would otherwise be a very high-end instance that was exclusive to only those who had progressed that far in the game and had gotten the requisite amount of loot or spent the requisite amount of time in the prerequisite instances, now you can basically slide the scale down so you can just see what a glimpse of what these things are, even though the loot won't be quite as epic uh, as it would be otherwise. 
Mm-hmm. Another alternative is, you know, if you go to that instance or you schedule that instance and you only have 20 people showing up as opposed to, or let's say you have uh, 15 people showing up as opposed to the 25, um, you can slide that more toward that lever more towards the middle. So I think it's only a good thing for a great number of people, but for the hardcore elite, I think it's going to hit them pretty hard. What Eli, say what you, you? Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> oh, Eli, tell us your thoughts. Um, actually, I have nothing to say on that. I, uh, I, I totally agree. Sweet. <laughs> <Sweet. laughs> no. How could that be? You should do a no. podcast with that. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, I can't chime in with a whole lot more there. I, I, I feel equal measures of pretty much what, what you guys are all saying, both good and bad uh, for that. I, I, I mean, I really enjoy that. When we were in Undead Strat the other night, I was thinking again that uh, – Boy, it's it's really great to be in a five man group. It's it's fun. You're it's more focused on everybody has a much more important role. It's it's a lot more fun. Sometimes the situation is a lot more urgent when there's less people. I mean it's really important that everybody brings their A game. That can be good and bad, by the way, too, but you know, um, there's some pluses there. But yeah, I, I definitely see the negatives too. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. But I, I think largely for me it's a positive change. I'm glad that they're doing it. Okay, so there's a new profession, jewel crafting. Uh, fist weapons, rings, trinkets, necklaces, and specialized gems to enhance socketed items. It's kind of like, um, like Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. Where you have like a little <laughs> socket and you add something that modifies its stats. So you'll also be able to trick out your socketed items in a direction that you want. There'll also be meta gems that can be equipped in your helm slot, which has attributes that play off the other gems you have. So, for example, a, a meta gem that gives like a plus five shadow damage to every purple gem you have equipped. So, to think of the possibilities there. That would be really cool. Wow. So, what do you guys think of this, Crownley? I think it's cool. I think the only the only th- um, thing I don't like about this, and I don't know how you'd ever get around this, is I feel like 85% of the servers going to be dropping their skills to go to their <laughs> professions to go try jewel crafting. Indeed. In fact, it might be, and now's a good time to maybe stock up on the, you know, star rubies or whatever. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they're going to have totally different People jewels. People are already doing that. But, the uh, problem is nobody knows what the heck to stock up on. Yeah. But I think anything that lets you customize <laughs> your... Uh, rabbit's feet. I'm stocking <laughs> up on rabbit's feet. Hey, it's good luck. I'm investing heavily. <laughs> Uh, anything that lets you customize your equipment to any extent is good, I think. Because then you feel less like you're the same as every other member of your class at that level. Especially when you're in 60 when everyone's kind of getting the same equipment. So, yeah. it's cool. Hmm. Uh, Kirk, there? That's a really good point, Krom. I hadn't thought about the individuality of each of each item. But here I come from my aesthetic point of view. Are you going to actually be able to see the jewels on your stuff? Are you going to be able to... Like, I've got necklaces now that I want to equip. And I equip them and I can't see yeah, them. Yeah, you don't see any difference. I, wanna, I, doubt, I doubt that's going to change. I would bet change. you you won't. Although, well, you might maybe. get some glows or something. I feel like a chance. Yeah, yeah, it's like, some, yeah, and that would be kind of nice. Maybe you'll I have just, a bottle cap on your forehead wherever, <laughs> wherever you go. <laughs> the bottle cap enchant. I, I just, I, you know, if, if I'm going to be able to modify my equipment, I want to be able to see it. There's, you know, the, the, the benefits to my stats or the benefits to my ability of spellcasting or whatever. Yeah, that's really important, but... Darn it! I'd like to at least let you game. see it, Think- even if it's not in the world that everyone can see it, but only in your like when you bring up your character screen. Yeah, yeah, you're dressing only room. at that level. Yeah. Do it. Well, that might be doable, but I mean, I'm yeah. just, the I reason they don't that. do that is because of a coding thing. I mean, think of that. You know, let's say Kern Katera puts on a new necklace, right? So, but she's got the same chest piece. They'd have to have about 
120 yeah, versions yeah. of the same chess piece with all 120 versions of every necklace in the grain. glows or maybe just sparkles or yeah. something that'll yeah. be I mean, it would be a royal pain in the ass from Blizzard's standpoint to implement that. Which is probably why they don't. Well, I'm paying 15 bucks System a month. Issues. Come on. What do you want? Pay my bills. <laughs> pay my bills. <laughs> hey, Blizzard wants to pay my bills. $16 a month for new coding. <laughs> Bill, what do you think of jewel crafting? Yeah, what about what about your jewels, Bill? <laughs> the family jewels? My jewels are just fine, thank you. I've heard... You know, i got to be absolutely frank about this. I mean, I have not really thought about this too much, merely because it just blows my mind. I think there's so many variants in the guild, in the guild, in the game already. You know, you've got enchanting and all the crafting things, and, you know, you're trying to figure out your spec and all your gear, and what are you going to do with this and that. This is another variant, a big variant, especially when they're making that variant even more complicated with, like, the meta gem, or, or you know, whatever it's going to be. So... It's one more thing to kind of trick out your character in some minor way <laughs> that makes everybody think they're going to be that much more powerful when it only will be incrementally so. Let's say it comes to pass. So, you know, Burning Crusade comes in, you know, you've got this, people are wearing all this cool jewelry, you know, I got a diamond for Valentine's Day, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, let's say I find myself, like, getting into it. Well, then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll focus on it and try to figure it out and figure out what gems are going to go well. But right now, I'm just, it's just kind of going in one ear and out the other until I see it in, in practice. You know what I mean, Eli? This is a min-maxer's wet dream as far as I'm concerned, for this game. Uh, because, I mean, basically it's like you can you can sit there and totally max out your character to your specific... You know what this is going to do? This is going to prompt arguments on the forums th- with gr- great long math over which <laughs> which gems are going to bring, totally. be bringing the best plus damage, plus fire resist, plus higher. attack power, blah, blah, blah. You know, and no STFU noob, like you're that. wrong, it's yeah. this gem. Uh, it, that's going to go on and on and on. I, well, if I calculate the proximity of my meta gem with my fire gem, I get a pronunciation. It's to- well, it's totally true. It's <laughs> going to happen. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get into it personally, but I'm sure just like enchanting, I'll seek out somebody who has done it and max out my jewels wearing gem person wearing equipping abilities. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I saw that meta gem thing, it was like the uh, you know plus whatever all across the board to every like you know chartreuse gem you have equipped. I'm just Choose like versus Whoa, chartreuse. Think right. of fire yeah. resist with that. That would be awesome to equip all your fire gear with socketed Ooh. stuff. That's all like you know yeah. you equip all chartreuse gems and everything, even if it's like plus agility and it sucks for you. But then you get the one meta gem that's like plus ten to fire resist to every chartreuse every gem, gem yeah. you have, and you suddenly you have that- like. All the gems that are going to work best for you are all going to be pink. You do know this, right? Most likely. <laughs> shades of it. But you know what's going to way though it's going to work? You're going to have all these chartreuse gems. You got to go to all the ends of the earth to oh, get yeah, to it'll be find. another 40. And hours then the meta so. gem has got like a 0.1% chance of dropping off of Baron Harkunin yeah. in the no, Dune the, expansion, the, you know, or something like Dude, that. that no, that, that's what I'm trying to say though. That's why I'm not going to be a jewel crafter. I'm going to let someone else be a jewel crafter. I want to give you a gem. <laughs> and then all I have to do is get money from, you know, my wild gold seller that I mean, um, from <clears throat> Farming. Yeah, so let's um, talk about that a lot. So, <coughs> kids, yeah, ask your parents. Right. So there's going to be a. <laughs> so when you when you're going to be resting on the work of others, you're going to make me be the jewel crafter. Aren't uh, you? As long as I don't have to do it. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> So, you, Bill, let's you talk about your longevity on the show here, shall we? <laughs> Rookie, you're going to be the jewel crafter. Aye, aye, Captain. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Please have another. Three stacks of 20 of every jewel in the game by next week. 
Go. <laughs> Give me your scrub. We need more gems. God darn it. Tavern cast needs more gems. Actually, oh, truly Honey, why'd you get fired from your job today? Gems! <laughs> Don't talk to me. I'm looking for the meta gem. I think this should be a, a new entry point for our guild, is that every new podling, it, along with their month-long trial period, must reach level 300 in jewel crafting or you're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey! I'm saying I'm always that's a good idea. So PvP and Burning Crusade, they're gonna they're gonna really rework the system there. No more honor system, no more ranks. Honor's gonna function like currency, so you kill players and you capture objectives and you get points that can be used to buy items. Many items are gonna require tokens, kinda like uh, ZG, to be purchased. So it's tokens and, and your honor points buy you stuff. It's gonna be a gladiatorial arena, which is team PvP with a ratings ladder. As you rise up the ladder, you gain points that can be used to buy loot, and in this case, it's loot comparable to the best in the game, even PvE rating. So the the regular honor system where you can buy loot, that stuff won't be as good as the epic level stuff you get in, you know, like Molten Core or whatever. And the gladiatorial team PvP is going to get you access to the really, really good loot that's equivalent to anything you do in the rating game. Hmm. And then add to that... They're going to do pretty extensive world PvP along the lines of what they're starting to do in the game already with the towers, but on a much grander scale. Each of the new zones is going to have PvP objectives in it. Uh, even whole towns with and questing hubs are going to be up for grabs by the other faction. So I'm sure that the two PvPers in the room probably have a lot to say about this. What do, what do you guys think about the changes that are coming in that regard? I think it sounds great. I think the biggest problem with the system as it is now is the reason... You know, Bill, you said you, you burned out on it or you stopped doing it, is that you, you just can't, unless you have either people doing it for you or you somehow can spend 24 hours a day doing it, you can't get the really good stuff. There's just no way to do it. You don't have enough time. And then if you stop, if you take a break, you slide right down the ladder and back at square one or, you know, square five out of 20 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I think anything that changes that dynamic is a good thing. And the world PvP could be really cool. I mean, I think that's something that would really bring a new sense of, like, I, oh, i got to log in, and I don't even know what it's going to be. But if it's something like, like for example, if it was something on the lines of Undercity being attacked, you thought, oh, i got to log in and defend the city or something, that, I think, would would give people a new thing to do in the game, which is, is always It was uh, Jeff Kaplan, who was the lead designer, said that the, the he didn't specify which town or whatever, but he said that in, in all of the zones it would be objectives, but one of which would be, like, a town yeah. full of... Uh, quest hubs and those well it is a quest hub full of quest givers and those quest givers if you can hold that town you get access to to quests from that area if you lose the town you still have some quests in the zone but you don't have all of them and you don't have turn-ins and everything else so Mm. it becomes imperative to hold that town or else i mean it it impinges your ability to level up which is i think really good yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. my feeling on it pvp is Almost as important to me as making sure that I, as a level 60, log off in an end to get rested XP. So, <laughs> I'm so critical. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to kick it over to well Bill. Well put. <laughs> it, it's no secret. I really enjoyed PvP. My time doing the PvP, I, I don't even consider it a grind. 
um, because it was just fun for the sake of doing it. I mean, there's that, you know, that adrenaline rush of going against another human being rather than a non-player character. Right, but there's something about, I mean, even not knowing the other player's ability, they could be a total moron or they could be, you know, the hand of God. And But whatever it is, there's just some kind of rush against going another human, another human being that you want to... Um, you just kind of competitive thing. Yeah, it is. A, it might, that, I think that's what it is. The competitive thing. So I really enjoy it, and I or enjoyed it, and I miss it. Um, and I think that the the new stuff that's coming out, I agree with Cromley, is going to be fantastic. I, I heard just reading the forums um, on our server, at least, to give you a perspective. The amount of honor that people had to accumulate in any given week in order to get the high warlord on the on the horde side, so kind of the the rank fourteen of PvP or the end mm-hmm. PvP or the super great item, eight hundred thousand honor per week. Oh my god, that's eight hundred thousand. I mean, it's like at least ten times what I've ever gotten. In a easily, week. like I was getting, you know, must have been a hundred, hundred fifty on average per week, and that yeah. was. A lot. I mean, that was like three hours a night, two or three hours a night, every single night sort of thing. So in order to basically do six or seven times that number, it's almost like they're promoting people to share their accounts, um, which nobody really yeah. wants to do. So I, th- I think mm-hmm. this is definitely a step in the right direction. I think it, it sounds fun. It sounds interesting. It sounds like it'll be meaningful. I mean, it's not like you're just going to do PvP without, you know without any purpose behind it, without any, you know, trying to get any kind of loot for it. So I'm very much looking forward to it. How about you, Eli? The thing that really floats my boat with it is the uh, world PvP, like, town <laughs> objective thing. That that really sounds cool. Because for me, see, I'm not apt to be annoyed by having my questing interrupted by stuff like that. I actually think that that's really fun. And so if I've got to work to seize back a town with a whole bunch of other people so that I can finish my questing... That, for me, is a pleasant interruption that adds sort of uh, scope and epicness to the situation I'm in. It turns maybe a normal night of goofing around and questing into, like, a mission that, oh, my God, I've got to do this because I, I want to get it done. And, counting on you or something. Yeah, and it, it, makes it, it makes it kind of fun. If you don't get it, you don't get it. You go to another zone. I mean, it's kind of like it, it's, it's, there's a difference between, like, on the, on the standard PvP servers when you get grief. That's not so fun, because then it's just somebody annoying the hell out of you, and in many cases, it's like these gang squads annoying the hell yeah, out of you. Like so therefore, level 60s against the level 40. Yeah, and you can't do anything about What's it. What's the point? Yeah. But in this case, at least it's something where there's a tangible objective, and you can get a group of people together and go try to do something about it, which mm-hmm. which excites me. Now, I know, like, Kern Katera's over there shaking her head. I know she wouldn't like it, because you're... You're just real big, like, leave me alone, I want to do my thing. Right. But, um, I don't know. If I wanted a PvP, I'd go play on Manor off and, yeah, not happen <laughs> anytime soon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I agree with you other guys about the, the honor system period where it's changing. I, I agree with you. That's yeah. that's not something. Can only be a good mm-hmm. thing, I think. I think we're going to see a lot of people as the expansion comes up when they're going to stop having the, the rank. They're going to, we're going to see a big push to the end because they're going to keep that rank. So you're going to see a lot of people at the end push and push and push and going all the way to the end to the finish line. But whatever. Lord, Lord, Lord. Love you guys, Lord but that's not, that is just not and my And no, when the world was sundered, rank 14s were created. And so the the last talking point I have is kind of a more out there thing that they've just they've just started talking about, but it's pretty interesting to me. 
apparently the dark portal is not the only portal on our. You know, it's almost hard to talk uh, about the dark, por- the dark portal anymore without laughing. I, I just gotta You're, let you know. That. Every everybody here started laughing when I said the two words too. So you know, just okay. The the um. Uh, the um, the darkened passageway. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not good either. Uh, <laughs> the low lit archway. Yeah. The low lit archway. Close okay. enough. Okay, so from now on, dark portals, low lit archway. So apparently, the low lit archway is not the only low lit archway on Outland. According to Chris Metzen, some of the quests in Burning Crusade have you reopening some of the archways that exist throughout Outland that lead to other worlds. So Outland Ooh. is just a stepping off point. Starkate Warcraft, anyone? Wow. Oh, cool! Yeah. That's exciting! So, will any of these portals lead to the Protoss homeworld, <laughs> or the Zerg planet, or maybe the lands the of Diablo? I hope one opens to my living room, and then I'll have World of Warcraft What? <laughs> Mom, Torin are in sitting watching Lost. I really think it would be really cool to have my Warcraft friends and animals and creatures that I really think are great to come and live with me and play with me in my basement because they're my favorite players. You can imagine the amount of female night elves that are going to be pouring out of that porthole into Jimbo's uh, living room. is going to be out. See how it's Come on over, night elf party in my the den. Portal to Jimbo's. Yeehaw! Let's, let's go through the portal to Jimbo's the living room. I'm the girl the ESRB warned you about. Have you ever taken in the WoW model viewer the close-up of the night elf female's thighs? It's really... Something to see. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> a little disturbing now, yeah. man. That's really... <laughs> Talk about a window. Again, worker. here's that line. And there you are, way over there on the other side of the room. So, anyways, what do you guys think of uh, Stargate Warcraft, the show? Crombley. Well, I don't much care for the show, but the game idea sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I think, I, I suspect that it'll be, they're going to open up all kinds of new instances and new uh, zones and future expansions through those portals, which should be cool. So we just have to wait and see what happens. Kern? I'm excited about it. Of course, you know that Stargate's really exciting to me, but I think that the the possibility of leaving Azeroth, going to Outland, and using it as like a Grand Central Station, if you will, to go to someplace else, really, I mean, the possibilities really are endless. And so then you're going to have a guild that instead of, you know, I'm going to be either on Kalimdor or the Eastern Kingdom, and then, oh my God, what world am I going to be on? You know, it'd be cool. It'd be also really they awesome. Could do, they could let you go to other realms. Oh yeah, portal to Manoroth or a portal to Mirror they charge universe. you twenty five dollars yeah, yeah. to go through each portal. Oh wait a minute! But you gotta be half black. <laughs> but the thing is, is that if you do that, you gotta be half black and half white because that's well, the goatee. only way that you could be in a Mirror yeah. Universe. That wasn't the Mirror Universe show. Yes, it was. No, no, it wasn't. In Star Trek, <laughs> that was the the racism parody. Oh, God, this isn't a Star the Trek show. Metaphor. The, the Mirror Universe was the one where everybody in the Mirror Universe had short skirts that's and goatees. Right. Right. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I'm showing my noobdom. Bill, what do you oh, think? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, whatever allows Blizzard the ability to have more expansions without kind of this mega event. I mean, I guess it depends. Are we gonna? Are they gonna open up another land? Where we're gonna see two instances, like the opening of the gates of AQ. I mean, it'll be like you go through a portal and you find a you know a twenty man instant or a, you know ten man instance and a twenty five man instance. I guess now at the level cap. Or are you gonna go through those portals and you're gonna see great new continents? I mean, whatever it is, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be new content. It's gonna be. Um, 
interesting just knowing what Bli- just knowing what Blizzard does. So I'm all for it. Now I didn't write this down, but Chris Metzen said something to the effect of, and please don't quote me on this because I don't believe it's fact. I'm just recalling it. I think he said that there the the quests would be in place, and that there are three or four zones that are already part that are already reachable through the whatever these other portals are. Uh, and seven that total that Blizzard knows of, so they're really has exciting. budgeted for. They had they've had it in mind for a while. Yeah. yeah, and he he said that specifically the reason they wanted to do this was it was like they felt that after after people level to sixty and you know they they go through the whole experience of Azeroth, they really want to like kick it off for people who who are now sixty enough, so they get to see all kinds of weird and crazy worlds and creatures and stuff that is. You know, because I mean, Azeroth is kind of like a fantasy version of Earth in many, many ways, right? The animals are like Earth creatures, the you know, whatever. So Outland's going to be the beginning of the creatures, from what I've seen of the character models, anyways, that are more alien-esque. And if they go to a completely other planet somewhere that is, wasn't influenced by Azeroth at all, because Outland was influenced by it a bit, so you won't have any familiar stuff. You'll have like crazy. Dude, did you see this totally awesome alien that I met? It's like I took my blood out paladin, I totally leveled it, power leveled it super fast, and we went to Outland, then we went through all these portals. It was like, whoa, psychedelic, man. It was like upside down world. We were like walking on walls. <laughs> Dude, I saw like a rabbit, but I knew it wasn't a rabbit because it had a Dude. horn on its back, Dude. and so it was like a war rabbit, and I'm like, whoa. No way, dude! You're talking. You're talking a lot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so cool. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the portals are gonna be awesome. Dude, do you think they'll have like the Grateful Dead heavy metal planet? Dude, I don't know, but they linked up. That's what they linked up iTunes, dude. I got iTunes now for my Warcraft. Yeah, Jerry Garcia. Like you guys don't even know. Uh, don't know what. Whatever. Okay, maybe I don't like. So in the end, Blizzard is still shooting for a release date of the Burning Crusade that precedes the holidays of this year. So we'll see if they make it. Uh, speculation Do you know why rampant. it precedes the holidays of this year? Because the holidays of this year are never coming. The world will end. That's see, Blizzard wow. knows. Well, Kern Katera got sixty. Wow. Well, here's my. I mean, here's my theory on why it will make it before Christmas. Whoops, wait just a second. It looks like just before this show came out, Blizzard announced that the official release date for the Burning Crusade will be January of 07. It looks like Eloy's going to owe us around a beer after all. I honestly Jimmy don't gets. think it's going to it's gonna make it by Christmas. I mean, we haven't even seen... We've seen some of the things that's come out, but, I mean, we haven't heard anything about the other beta testing or whatever. And honestly, I don't necessarily think that, that, this, that the... Um, with the numbers of people that they have that play this game, that the holiday market, as you're talking about, really is going to make much of a difference. Which, by the way, officially the uh, a week ago, they were up to 7.2 million players worldwide. It's now the largest game in history. Most popular video game. More popular than chess. Time. No, not yet. Yeah, and the <laughs> um, the uh, movie, by the way, is still greenlighted, still on board, and now they have a $220 million budget for it, and they have writers on board and selected, although they're not telling us who they are. But you know what? They, they should, all they should call us. <laughs> the movie makers should call us. Actually, you know, I've gotten a lot of email about saying, you should call Legendary Entertainment and get right. them to use Kern for the lore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what's a podcast? Yeah, they hired me. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's out of here. Hi, like my name is Eloisius. I mean, um, <clears throat> Bryce, and uh, I've got this uh, this girl that works with us on this radio show we do. Yeah, um, we really think she'd be really great to play the Galadriel type part in the New World work. What? What? You put? Oh, I'm on hold. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Bob, we've got two potential candidates for uh, this. We've got uh, Meryl Streep that's going to be reading the war, or somebody named Kern Katir. Kern Kern Katir. Uh, Slob hand. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to go with Kern Katir. That's much better than Meryl Streep. Let's give her a shot. She's on. Star potential. She's big on this podcast thing, whatever that is. So I heard that Kate Blanchett wasn't available for this, so I want to come in and do my part. All right. <laughs> For the world of Warcraft. Secrets of World of Warcraft. We hope you've enjoyed your trip so far and that your gameplay experience has been enhanced. Come along with us once again as we go into the field and experience World of Warcraft the Taverncast way. Come along for more hijinks and fun. Come along as we take you on another Taverncast field trip. If you have not already done so, Please open your Taverncast handbook and turn to the first page of the appropriate chapter. Once you've heard the Taverncast tone, please proceed to the next page and wait there. If for any reason the recording malfunctions or fails, please wait patiently and a customer service technician will respond in the order your malfunction notice was received. Please do not set yourself on fire. Thank you for your purchase of this Taverncast product and we wish you many hours of happy adventuring. Please draw your attention to the right side of the bus, where you will see Dire Mall West. Dire Mall. Dire Mall. Dire Mall. Dire Mall. and ogres, mighty walls. Oh, look out there, it's Dire Mall. Dire Mall West. That's right, kids. That's where we're heading this week. A fun scripted instance that is both challenging and lucrative. Fasten your seatbelts, because we're going in to Dire Mall West. Dire Mall West. 
Okay, so how do you play a warlock class again? Because I just bought this character. Okay, I'm recording now, so FYI. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another Taverncast field trip. This week, we ventured into Dire Mall West, keeping in line with our same Dire Mall theme. Figured, yeah, once we're there, may as well stay there. We recruited another one of our guildies from the pod people by the name of Ichuda, who, who is a warrior. You may know Ichuda as the swear word from one of the droids in Empire Strikes Back. But he's also a pretty elite warrior, and we had him along, and he did a great job. So off we go into Dire Mall West. And lo, the denizens of Azeroth beheld the sundering of the world. Well, that's fine and good for those denizens. But what's the deal with Diarmal West and all those elves? Let's listen. Then as Kern Kater gives us some of the lore of Diarmal West. Scar the Unbreakable, huh? All alone in the arena by himself, just standing there. Must be kind of a lonely guy. Dude, that guy's got a uh, plate armor man bra on. That's hot. Shops at Chrome Crush's Secret. <laughs> I like the giant love handles and the back fat. <laughs> See, we get all RP when we're just sitting around. Harkin Scar the Unbreakable, have thou discovered the Atkins diet? War. Oh, oh yeah, yeah hi. That is, is me. Sorry. Th thank you for the. Uh, thanks for the throwback. That was great. <laughs> War. Now. I can sign. Making with your fake history. Uh, yes, here in front of Bill. We talked about the general lore behind Dire Mall in general last time. About how it was left over from the sundering of the world and blah, blah, blah. And it was the old highborn, yada, yada, yada. But we get more of a... Now you're talking my language. Blah, yada, blah, yada, blah, yada, yada, yada. Is this, is this the new and improved current container now? <laughs> how you the lore of blah, 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 yada, yada. Ah, and now we're going to talk about the freaky dire mall, blah, blah, blah. Do I have to talk about these stupid night elves again? Jeez. For those of you interested in the lore, just get a life. Okay? Right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Go out. Stop watching Star Trek. Hey hey, 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 hey. It's the Shatner Saturday Night Live when he told... Where was I? I was talking about blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Right. <laughs> there it is. Taverncast. Where was I? The new tagline for the show. Taverncast. Where was I? Off track since episode one. That <laughs> <laughs> implied there was a track. All right. The cool thing about Dire Mall West is that you get a little bit better idea of... Uh, what happened after the sundering of the world. If you remember from last time, we talked about when the Well of Eternity exploded. The remnants of Dire Maul are were part of what was left of the Highborn, which were Queen Ashara's most prized suitors and spellcasters and things like that. Well, here in Dire Maul West, we actually get an idea what their name is. They're called the Shendralar, which were which is the name that Queen Ashara gave to her most prized arcane sorcerers. Prince Torthaldrin, who is one of the uh, mobs, which we'll get to later, it's actually in Dire Mall West, is, was left over from that group of, of Shendralar. When you go into Dire Mall West, you'll see Shendralar ancients and ghosts and actual night elves all over the place. So this, these are those people that are left over that have, are inhabited this wing of the instance. Now, if you make it to the library, and we talked about that last time, you'll find Prince Torthaldrin over in the corner, and he's not fightable. He's friendly to you when you see him. 
he's kind of the end boss of the whole thing. And he continues to be twisted even now of the magics that they were trying to use to bring Sargeras into the world just before the sundering of the Well of Eternity. He got so crazy, in fact, that he summoned a demon called Imolthar in an attempt to gain power over the remains of Dire Mahalwa. Now, the Shendralar created five pylons, which are these huge crystal things that you'll see scattered throughout Dire Mahal West, to try to keep Imolthar in a prison so that he wouldn't wreak havoc on the instance. And since the Shendralar are kind of all, I think they kind of had like a little meeting off to the side, a little, little, a little uh, town hall, and said, boy, this prince dude, he's nuts. So they realized the prince was out of control and they tried to destroy the pylons. But the prince realized that they were trying to do this. So he killed those who attempted. That's why you see all the ghosts all over the instance. It's those are the ghosts of the Shendralar that he, he killed so they wouldn't have this mass uprising. At the same time, it's kind of a damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because the Shendralar who were fighting against him were fighting to try to overthrow. But now that there aren't enough of them to overthrow the prince, they have to be sucked into keeping the pylons going to keep Imolthar in his prison. So uh. now they're kind of stuck saying, all right, I guess we're not going to have this revolution. Where do you find out all this lore? Well, it's it's funny that you <laughs> should mention that, Bill. There's an NPC in the center of the instance who actually gives you a quest that Eloy will talk about who, can, who passes all this lore on to you. Jeepers. Sounds like that evil prince needs to get pwned in the face. But before we get too ahead of ourselves... Let's listen in to be sure we're getting the most from our trip to Dire Mall West as the tavern casters examine Wests. <laughs> yeah, Nussman says bring it on like Sergio Mendez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quest then. There are two quests in Dire Mall West that you can get that are worthwhile taking a look at, and both of them start at the same place. This dude called the Shendralar Ancient. He's a guy that well, I think he's dead. He's a ghost, wasn't he? Isn't yes. he a ghost? The Shendralar Ancient that we get the yeah, quest yeah. to go get him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was yeah. dead, right? On the bridge, so he's right? one of the. Where he's is one he? of the guys. I'm trying to remember which one he is. He's it's, it's, he's it's a, a dead sh- guy on the. Well, he's, he's just standing two. there in the middle of the bridge. I'll tell you. No, the Wait, the where is he? Not a big difference. He, where Which is he? guy is he? What? No, inside. No, where is the other top. guy? No, the other by the one. Left. Which the guy? Left. No, the other guy. Where is he? He's by the orange on Julius. Which guy is he? <laughs> <laughs> so two quests you can get. Uh, they both start at the Shendralar Ancient. This dude is a dead Shendralar Ancient Night Elf. He's inside the instance, so you got to go in. You don't have to go anywhere and get the quest beforehand. He is on a bridge in the upper level of DM West between the two crystal pylons on the roof. So you're going to be moving through and killing a bunch of stuff before you find this guy. The first quest is the Madness Within. The quest requires you that you clear the instance and kill the prince. Prince Thortheldren? Is that his name again? Thortheldren. Thortheldren? Tree Peer? Sure. Whatever? No, uh, not the no, Tree Peer. Not the Tree Peer. No in this one. <laughs> I don't know where we're, how we're going to get urine involved in this one. But. Well, we're not, because when Abu you start self-mocking your own show, that's things? when you've officially jumped the shark. So the quest requires you to clear the instance and kill the prince in the Dire Mall Library, which is at the very end of Dire Mall West. Once you're done, you return to the Shendralar Ancient, uh, and you complete that quest. When you do, you get another quest which is the treasure of the Shendralar. And this is the reward quest for the Madness Within. You'll need to go back to the Dire Mall Library after you've done this and open the chest under the ramp near where you fought the prince. There's like a, a ramp you climb up to the top level, and there's a big old chest. It looks, or not a chest, actually. It's like a... Almost like a coffin. 
It's like one of those... Um, it's like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, it's like it's the, the Ark of the Covenant. It's, there's a bunch of them in... <laughs> Without uh, the face melting. There's yeah, a bunch of them in Alderman, actually. So you open that thing up, you'll have the ability to now, and you'll get your choice of a couple of rewards. One is the Sedge Boots, they're leather boots. Uh, Bone Crusher, which is a two-hand mace. 30 strength, 1% to crit kind of nice and uh the backwood helm which is plus one percent crit it's a male helm all these are blue rare items and it's pretty cool backwood the backdoor helm like backwoods (laughs) wow you may not want to equip that backwood helm the proc rate is horrible (laughs) so um you know there's at least for you uh leather or male wearers and uh, folks who can equip a two-hand mace these are some nice blue items you get out of those quests Mm -hmm. the other uh major quest that's in dire mall west that is worth talking about ever so briefly anyways but we don't want to go in and give you the whole down low on this quest chain because it's so immense but it's the warlock dreadsteed quest the epic mount quest and that culminates in uh, Dire Mall West. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit as we do the, uh, the walkthrough. Uh, but uh, it's pretty fun, and more to come. You know, sometimes it's nice to get lost. It kindles a sense of excitement and adventure in even the most seasoned traveler. And sometimes it just gets you a large repair bill. In order to keep your repair bill low and your fun factor high kids don't do drugs. Let's get a sense of the layout of Dire Mall West. Oh my god, Bill, put it on Master Loot. Oh no! Hey, the Needler. Ninja. Oh, that crap. Woo-hoo. Yeah, this is where all of the, uh, all the blues that you can't ever sell on the auction house come from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Dire Mall West, in stark contrast to Dire Mall East, is to the left as opposed to the right. <laughs> it doesn't get any further away and still does be in Dire Mall. Does the sun set in the west in the world of Warcraft? Uh, I bo- mm. That's a good question. Yeah. I think it does. So, so you're saying the sun sets in Dire Mall West? I'm, well, that's why, I'm, that's why I asked. I think Sunrise, it does. Sunset. This week, if you guys remember when we went in here, we um, it's always good to check the arena, which is or the in the middle of Dire Mall, um, to see if the boss is up. And there's there's a guy that's like an observer, a little goblin guy that sits on the outer edge, and he'll announce yeah. it just like they do in Stranglethorn Vale, like you know, oh here comes a new boss, who wants to kill him, sort of thing. And that's <laughs> and what the, he does. He's the announcer boss. guy. I guess. I mean, he does announce. Like he he puts out a yell. I don't know what his uh, the lore of the announcer guy. Job. I don't know what his name <laughs> is, but the um, but he's there and he'll announce it. So if you're watching, and you, you should also note that there are different bosses that spawn in that pit. So last time we got kind of this big chimera sort of thing, mm-hmm. and uh, this time we got a big giant fat ogre with back fat and uh, a big metal bra. So he was excited. <laughs> so much bra. to look forward to. A man's yeah, ear. <laughs> yeah, the man's ear didn't look comfortable. Whatever he was wearing, the. Um, you know, and they always drop some nice stuff, so it's a good idea to to hit him up just to check in there and see if there's anything. Who would have thought that the guy him. with the man's ear, the fat guy with the man's ear, would drop good items? Who would have yeah. figured? He's got him <laughs> stuffed in his man's ear. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That's where he, he keeps stuffs his, his money. man's ear. He's got issues. <laughs> man's ear back fat. He's got issues. My lord, can we move on, please? Mm, your man's, man's ear. ear looks shorter today. You're not quite filling that out. Mm. Oh my god, I'm in time ball with my man's ear. Dude, we don't need you reliving your prison days. Can you just get on the <laughs> I'm sorry if we've just offended our our small population of listeners that's actually in prison. So, <laughs> apologies. Wearing Please don't come to our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Cavern Cast goes man. over really well on the cell block. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, Mickey, when you get out of the shower and you get past your cell block check, come listen to the new episode of Cavern Cast. <laughs> Put down the porno mags. Taverncast is out. <laughs> Taverncast, appealing to felons everywhere. <laughs> hey, Manson, when you get done inscribing another swastika on your forehead, come listen to Taverncast. <laughs> what are you in I- for, Mickey? I didn't do nothing. I'm innocent. Good. Then come over and listen to Taverncast. Okay, now we're gonna when you're on death row, nothing passes the time like a new episode of Taverncast. <laughs> They asked me, did I want steak or pizza for my last meal? I said, screw that. Pork I rinds. want seven cats. I want a shandy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a shandy and some brie. What a, and some spider cakes. <laughs> I got stripes, stripes around my shoulders. I got chains, chains around my feet. So once you make your way out of the arena after you've dispatched the boss, um, head your way to Dire Mall West, where you will need the Dire Mall East key that you got, hopefully if you went to Dire Mall East before, or coerce somebody to come along with you that has the key. And once you enter the, the instance proper, there's, it's, it's also not a very large instance. You'll notice as you go into Dire Mall West that it stands in stark contrast to Dire Mall East, where Dire Mall East last week was very overrun with foliage and urine. This one has got <laughs> um, night elves, uh, night elf statues pretty much decorated throughout, kind of these big, majestic, kind of like the stuff standing outside of Stormwind-looking thing, but they're gold and not quite as huge. Um, and then there's, like, stag heads around, so it's almost like a lodge. It always reminded me of a lodge. Uh, always ready to go skiing after I go to Dire Mall West, but... That's and dead people. Don't forget the dead people. Yeah, yeah. De- well, oh, those are part of lodges too. Right. Yeah. There's dead people everywhere. And but so but before you get to the dead people though, there's similar to Dire Mall East, you still get a lot of the walking trees. So you start in Dire Mall West with the kind of this main room. Um, and it's a rectangular room. It's got, you know, kind of an outer rim and kind of an inner courtyard sort of thing. And patrolling the outer courtyard are the big walking, you know, ancient of war kind of trees that we saw in Dire Mall East. Um, and in the corners of that room are similar wood elementals, I guess you want to call them. These are, you, you don't have to kill the wood elementals for anything that we're doing here, unless for some reason you're trying to get, what are those things? They drop these things that are good for the Argent Dawn turn in. They drop these like mana shards, but they also draw like these, what are they, core elements or something? Because they're involved in the Argent Dawn, tur- uh, Argent Dawn rep grind, uh, what was ordinarily um, vendor trash is now pr- can now be pretty lucrative on the auction house. So if you have the time, it may not hurt to uh, to kill those guys in the corners. But there's certainly no reason to do it for purposes of what we're doing. And you do not need your Argent Dawn trinket equipped in order to get the Savage Fronds either. Right. FYI. This is not yeah. Argent Dawn related at all, other than the fact that these things, you know, the Argent Dawn wants these things from yep. these mobs. As I mentioned before, the guys that are walking along the courtyard on the outside of that courtyard are those big Ancient of War tree guys. And 
you didn't have to kill them before before uh, before patch one point I think it was one point eleven because you could kind of skirt your way through them uh, to kill the pylons, um, which is the goal of the whole instance. the The whole instance is like one giant event, really. You got to go through, kill all five pylons, which is going to drop the shield that surrounds Imulthar in the center of the instance, um, mm-hmm. which allows you to get in there to go kill them and, and have more fun. Um, it's so like in strat. Right, exactly. You've got to take out, just like taking out the ziggurats, you have to take out these pylons. Instead of ziggurats, insert the word pylons. And not like the sleestack stack pylons from Land of the Lost, either. <laughs> these are like, you know, <laughs> pylons that are shooting beams of light up into the air. They're kind of cool. Like stack! Sleestack! Sleestack! <laughs> that would be cool, though, if they had a sleestack stack in there. Yeah, if just, they had a sleestack stack know. instance. Like yeah. Land of the Lost instance. I'm tired. Expansion! So... I gotta tell you, those guys creep me out so bad when I watch when I when I was a little kid watching Land of the Lost, I had nightmares about Sleestack. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about either. You don't know this so there's really Never slow moving and Marshall, Will and Holly. Marshall, Will and Holly on a routine expedition to the land of the lost. The tree's walking around, now you have to kill him. Because there's a boss, a big tree boss again, that if you don't kill these walking guys, he he will call them to his defense. And so basically as you're fighting this tree boss, you'll get all these walking guys hit shift, you know, flank you from the rear. And they're tough. So pretty much guarantee a wipe if you don't kill them all. And it's not too hard. They walk pretty slowly. They walk in different directions or in a circle around that plaza. So just be sure that you've got them all. Normally, if you take a warlock with you, you can do your little eye thing and, you know, circle the perimeter or however you want to do it. But just be very careful that you get them all. So once and you get all those guys... we recommend that every well-rounded par- party includes a warlock. <laughs> That's right. Because this, would, this instance would be brutal without a warlock. And it's easy as pie with. That being said... You may, once you kill all those guys, um, you can pretty much position yourself on the other side of the plaza in that first room, and you'll see the first pylon, which is right in the center, shooting up a beam of light. And surrounding the pylon, as like each of the other five, each of the other four pylons, are what looks like blue void walkers, but they're a lighter blue, and they're a heck of a lot more difficult and not quite as friendly. These guys. <laughs> um, you pr- in order to disable the pylon, all you have to do is kill all of these guys. And I think there's probably mm, eight of, of these void walkers that stand around the thing. And if you pull them just right, you should pull them in a group of two or just a single. Because um, one really is the loneliest number. <laughs> so they say. And three is just fun. So <laughs> if you pull three um, it's and you have a warlock, it's not the end of the world because these guys are banishable. Um, so be sure to, to banish the ad and tank the other one. Um, and like I said, if you pull three, then you're going to have to try to DPS the third one down because there isn't a whole heck of a lot of crowd control other than maybe a freeze trap. But they're not shackleable or hibernatable or sheepable. <laughs> like, or mind controllable. It's Paris Hilton's new song coming out. <laughs> hibernatable. You can get it at Dire Mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so Dire Mall West makes it really fun for a warlock. But okay, so you go and you you kill all the blue Voidwalker guys, and you get your core elements and sell them for crazy gold on the auction house, and you disable your first pylon. Now it's time to turn around and walk into the second area, which is kind of a which is another courtyard, and the courtyard 
there's stairs leading down to the first boss that you'll see, which is that big tree boss that I alluded to earlier. And there's also passages to the left and to the right. So it, it comes around as a, it's all connected. If you go left, you'll end up right, and right, you'll end up left if you need to. Um, and in that back area, there's a boss that used to be fairly easy to get to, but has now moved. And he will drop the, if you're very, very lucky, the Warrior's Book. I think it's, was it Vorer's Dragon Killing Compendium or something Fo- like that. Compendium, Fo- Dragon Fo- Compendium of Dragon Killing. Oh. That's, yep. that's it. And that, if you're, even if you're not a warrior, that sells normally sells for a lot of money. It's also um, good for paladins, just wanted to say. Paladins <laughs> and warriors. That's the class of the book. <laughs> What's a paladin? Anyway. so oh, the oh, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And in that, that room is not an easy room because there's a lot of ghosts. Um, as, as we alluded to earlier, a lot of the prior residents that were there were turned you know were killed and now they kind of haunt the area and so there's specters and ghosts that group up in in threes and if you happen to have a warlock along with you uh, <laughs> it makes sense to turn on detect greater invisibility because there are purple specters that roam around as well that are invisible uh, otherwise yeah those suckers got me a couple times yeah they're nasty i mean they they especially because you know they're roaming around and they can really screw you up if you're um you know in the, especially if you're in the middle of a fight or just after a fight while everybody's trying to heal up <laughs> so if you take the rightmost passage if you're not going for the book and you want to do Dire Mall West quickly take the rightmost passage because there'll be stairs that you'll need to use to get to the upper deck of Tadirama West, or the roof. There's some mobs that you have to kill if you try to stay along the right-hand wall as you're going towards that ramp. Uh, you can avoid a good deal of them, but you have to pull at least, I think, one pack of three of these ghosts. One of the ghosts at least is shackleable, so if you have a priest with you, that is going to be helpful in terms of crowd control. So warlocks are useless in this fight? Continue, uh, useless in this whole instance. I'm Continue. sorry, you broke up there for a second. I, I missed it. Just speak <laughs> I understand those words. <laughs> yeah, you got to speak up. <laughs> so anyway, so you go, you make your way up to the upper deck, and you pretty much can skirt along the edges. As you get to the roof, there are two pylons that are up there that you're going to need to dispatch. One is going to be to the immediate left, and then the other is going to be following along that same path as you kind of circle around to the right in that upper right-hand corner. So you make your way over to that pylon. There's a few mobs. Again, you have to dispatch another pylon. You take out, and you're done. After that pylon, there's going to be your first group of skeletons uh, that are, that are going to be on this ramp, uh, the, the uh, bridge that gets, o- gets you over to the other side of the roof. You can avoid these skeletons because immediately to the right before you get them in the corner as you're facing the skeletons are a couple of pots that you can jump on. And if you jump, if you know, it's like Super Mario Brothers again, if you jump on those pots, which can be a really frustrating experience, but if you stick with it and you're able to do it, you can jump onto the ledge and just drop down on the, onto that bridge and avoid those mobs entirely. After that, you get to the bridge where you get the quest that Eloy talked about earlier. Uh, and that guy will give you the quest to, to move on and tell you all about the lore that Curtin talked about earlier. You go to the other side of the bridge and you've got more skeletons. Burn those guys down and you've got another pylon at the end there and you can kill that. Right after that pylon, you might want to stick around and watch for the lady and her dancing bear. He doesn't really dance, and he's got pieces of skin sloughing off of his body, so it's not quite as cute as what you may be used to at the circus, and they're really tough. My advice for those guys is to deal, uh, do some kind of crowd control on the bear and kill her first, because they're both just nasty. Whether you're tanking the bear, the bear is susceptible to fear, 
the bearer is susceptible to hibernation. So if you have a druid or warlock, um, or a priest even, those are my recommended ways of dealing with the bear. But they have a very, very large aggro radius. Once you kill that boss, you can make your way back to the bridge, and instead of making your way all the way down, you can just jump down off of the bridge into that plaza. So then you got the tree boss, which you got to dispatch. Cromley's going to talk about some really cool stuff on how to beat him. That you know, that never. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Stay tuned. Don't don't go. Don't Best leave. Best part of the show. It's coming up. Once you kill him, you'll see a a ghostly horse walking around. Which I have no. I never figured out why anyone would ever need that horse. I like the way the horses look in this game. That's the only thing. I think they look cool. It's kind of like the war horse, you know? Real stout looking. So you got a thing for horses? You like My Little Pony? <laughs> you eat My Little Pony, Bill? <laughs> horses so, for the paladin. I'm sorry, what? 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 What's a paladin? I'm not oh, following God. you. Speak up next time. So anyway, paladin once you hate. kill that guy... Once you kill that guy, the door opens behind him, and you pretty much clear sailing. You go through that door and into the hallway. Again, that hallway is filled with those little specter guys that are visible as well as a few that are invisible. As long as you pull them one at a time and you're prepared for them, it's not too bad. Once you get to the end of that hallway, that's when the real fun begins, if it hadn't already. Ooh. you're in, then you're now you're into the main courtyard of Dire Mall. So this room looks different than any of the other room. It's it's a big circular room, and you'll notice right away that there's a center area that's got a big swirling bluish shield that's covering it. And depending upon the performance of your computer, you'll actually see the boss that we're trying to kill way off in the distance. It's so pretty. This is my favorite room in the whole instance. In, in fact, in many, well, in, in the entire Dire Mall, but in many places, I really I really dig it. It's like this huge Star Wars force shield thing and this cool looking beast iteration i think of all the beasts in the game the different beasts like the beast and ubers and the the one for the festival of lights that they made and you know etc this is the coolest looking uh, beast iteration it is i mean it looks it looks really cool and you'll notice right away that there are these spinning tornado looking guys and they're in packs you've got like five little guys surrounding a big giant guy that's in the middle and these guys are tough so it's very easy to wipe on those guys very very easy and they run around <laughs> like crazy quickly all over the place like back and forth and around and their padam almost almost looks random random but certainly it's not um, so it's very important to stay right in that hallway and, and not get distracted by the beauty of, of, of this whole instance. And because one of the things that looks particularly interesting and cool is um, you'll, if you look up, there's a spinning vortex that's, you know, spinning above Immelfine. That's <laughs> the name. As yeah. vortexes are wont to do. I'm not, I'm not sure that I understand. The vortex was actually rotating? It was rotating. And kind of like a vortex. And you want to be careful. <laughs> of the spinning vortex because it can be mesmerizing. As and, and, and I never realized that this was a feature that 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 Blizzard had uh, built into the game. But um, Kern Katera was the one that pointed this out to us. Is that if you stare up at the vortex long enough, especially if you push the forward key, you'll actually <laughs> run you forward. Into it's the in, into that room where all the crazy tornado guys are running around and going, ooh, pretty, look at the vortex. Oh, that is so, so cool, look at that. 
That's awesome. Like the, vo the, the vortex up above it. Yeah, that's really cool. Help her. Oh, crap. Here what do I do? Back up, dude. <laughs> Look pretty. AoE, AoE, AoE. Wow. It's like mesmerized. That's the best. <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> Look, it's so pretty. I don't want to get closer and see it. It's so pretty, I can't stop. <laughs> oh, God, this guy's got so hard. so bad. I was looking up. <laughs> we noticed. <laughs> pretty. <laughs> I see it. I swear to God, by the skin of her teeth, she made it back before those things hit. But I was pretty much going up. Oh, there's a. Oh wife. no no no! They they aggroed her. Did they, they aggro her? We, no, we had to save her. We had to oh, step had to in save and save her life. Yeah. She's like, it's so pretty. But you don't understand. I'm standing oh, there in the archway, and, yeah, here and here comes. Here here's Bill. Bill's, okay, Bill's, here it is. You know, it's it's you, if you, you know now, Kern. If you look up, if you walk through the archway, it's your fault. If you walk through That's the archway, now you, now, be, now be careful. But if you walk through the archway now and look up, do you Welcome see it there? Welcome to my life. There's a vortex up there that's spinning. And if you if you walk forward, now be careful because if you look forward, do you see it? Go forward a little more. Do you see it? <laughs> I swear to God, it was I was I was following direction, and I get forward. And I'm looking. I'm at totally it, I'm like, taking orders. Wow, good. It, I could edge forward a little more. I could see it better, and I edge forward a little more. I could see it better. Honestly, I wasn't. This is even, like this is I like. I wasn't even looking. No, at this the is what happens when you like go to the grocery store, if you would please, and pick me up a loaf of bread. Okay, honey. Go to the, go to the store. Bring you know, find some wheat bread or something. Bring it home. Now you know. I asked you for white bread, and this is wheat bread. <laughs> this is all bread. your fault. Bill now is blamed for your lack of clarity. I, I'm <laughs> you know, the hilarity of this well, for me was really when when she was mesmerized. But no, that that is that has now been surpassed by the hilarity of Kern imitating my voice. And I found that <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. But that's exactly okay. what I mean. But now you're... look into the vortex a little bit further, Kern. Step four. Now look up. It's beautiful. Wait, 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 wait. Now we've got Bill imitating Kern imitating Bill. Surreal, isn't it? I think the podcast crashes at this point. Puff, puff, pass. Puff, puff, pass. We have an infinite loop. <laughs> well, this is this is actually much like a sandstorm. Sorta. These were little sandstorms. That of were living packs of sandstorms, I guess. Lore, yes. blah, blah, anyway. blah, carry on. Please continue, I'm sorry. The lore of sandstorms. So now, you'll notice so that the you saved shield my <laughs> surrounding Imulthar is still up, and that is an impenetrable shield. So there's no sense in bashing your head against it, and it's probably dangerous. So there's two pylons that still have to be uh, dispatched, and they're similar to the other pylons with the Voidwalker-looking guys um, surrounding them. Um, one is to the left of where you come into this room, and one is to the right. The fastest way to do this instead of going all the way around is to just go you know take your pick go left or right we went left so you mm -hmm. go off to the left you kill that pylon turn it off you go off to the right and kill that pylon notice as you go to the right there's a second door that's on the outskirts of this and that door leads you to the dire mall library 
So the long way to get to the library is to go all the way through Dire Mall West, like we just did, and you'll end up in the library, which we did go to because that's where the prince resides. As we mentioned earlier in the last podcast, there's a short, a very quick shortcut to that library through Dire Mall North. So if you just need to go to the to, to the library to turn in a quest or to do something like that, you don't have to go all the way through Dire Mall West again, unless you need to kill the prince, um, and then you have to do the whole event. So anyway, so you take down both of these pylons, the shield comes crashing down. That's a really, really cool thing, too. Because when the last pylon comes down, the, it, it kind of tends to flicker, and then it just kind of dissipates right in front of your eyes. Not only that, but it, it drops, and then the, after the shield's down for a second, it kind of coalesces into the center of the room where the uh, Imulthar dude is, and then it kind of explodes outward like a level 12 shockwave. Now that the shield is down, you can go into that center area where Imulthar is, but you got to be very, very careful. Because they're the super uber duper warlo- or, uh, void walkers, Warlocks. yeah, that are <laughs> patrolling around just the outskirts of that area, and just like Frogger, they move in varying speeds. Some move very fast, and some move very slow. So don't be deceived. The very fast ones will totally catch you as soon as you think it's clear. You just pretty much have to have a little bit of luck to get across that path. If you do it quickly enough, you'll actually see in here. I guess the rest of the den- the living denizens of Dire Mall West that had been somehow guarding Imulthar. I don't know why they were standing there. But they rush in <laughs> to try to stop him, and he pretty much eats them alive. And if you're like us, you run in just a little bit too far, and he eats you alive too, because you're not ready <laughs> to actually fight him. Well, wait, so. I think they were running in because the shield dropped. The because shield- they, were, they were trying to contain Imulthar, because now that the shield was down, he was free to you know come out and wreak havoc. Right. As demons are wont to do when they escape their impenetrable force shields. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and is, if we didn't go in and kill him, would he have escaped and right. havoc or just stand there? True. No, he just like stands there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know why. So I guess it was all for naught. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, he was tamed. He had uh, Stockholm nice Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so assuming you don't run in too far and wipe your party, and or if you do, you get set up again. You have to fight Imulthar. And he's a, a good battle. He, he's a, probably one of the more interesting endgame kind of boss battles, pre-Molten Core even, uh, just because there's you know some cool things that happen with him. Once you dispatch Imulthar, he was standing on kind of a platform, and that is the area where um, if you're a warlock and you have the required ingredients or materials, and y- whether or not you need the quest, you can do the Warlock Dreadsteed event which is a pretty cool event. There's, um, there's a lot of material that's online about it, so there's no real sense in getting into the details about it. Help your friendly neighborhood warlock get his epic mountain. I'm sure you'll be rewarded. So once that's all done, we get to our last piece, is to overthrow the evil warlord and bring democracy to the... Oh, no, wait, that's something else. You th- once you get that, you, is, to, uh, is to overthrow the prince of Dire Mall West. So you end up... You go back to that door that I mentioned earlier, which leads you to the library. Uh, the second level of the library and you go down the stairs and you'll see where the prince is he's kind of underneath the stairs there against a wall and you got to be careful the prince also has a very large aggro radius and now he is red he's mad because at you because you destroyed his peaceful kingdom you let down you let loose Imulthar, and now dire mall west is gonna you know all go to hell until the instance is reset and then all be well again so the prince is there you kill the prince you turn in the quests, and all is well. And that is Dire Mall West. 
Boy, howdy. Those bosses sure do sound tough. Thank goodness we have our resident boss expert, Cromley, to guide us through some steps and offer us some advice on taking the pain stick to the worst that Dire Maul has to offer. Alright, the other one's gonna pop in four, three, no two, one. When? What? Right now. Shut up. <laughs> okay, let me know when. I'm Is ready. He, uh, okay, he's gonna pop in to ten, right now? <laughs> nine. <laughs> so now we'll talk quickly about the, uh, the various bosses in uh, Dire Mall West, and I'll just start with um, Ileana Ravenoak. This is the uh, hunter boss that Bill alluded to. She's got her little pet bear with the uh, skin coming off him. Follows her around. It's disgusting. And she's she's really basically like a hunter. So she's got hard-hitting ranged attacks, a variety of different attacks that she could do. And I think one of the strategies to avoid those is to get within her, uh, get into close range so that she can't do a lot of that, those long-range attacks. And then, of course, the other complication you have with, the, with the fighting her is her uh, little bear pet. And like we were saying, there's really two different ways to handle that. One is to uh, crowd control the bear through uh, fear or hibernation. And then, you know, just concentrate on her and, and beat her. Or possibly off-tank her and bear down and burn down the bear real quick. And then turn around and kill her. And the bear hits really, <coughs> really hard. FYI. He's got a knockback, doesn't it? Uh, he's got a knockback and... I don't does stun he effect. have a cleave? I think it's a stun effect. Stun effect? Stun yeah. Does he maybe. have a cleave? He's, they're nasty. All I know is for for a clothy, he dropped me pretty quick. Everything drops you pretty quick. Shut up. <laughs> well, the the bear is actually considered undead. Or the... No, the... Undead. The, I think they're uh, both undead, aren't Yeah, they're they? both undead, yeah, they're and, I, and I tried to shackle them, and I couldn't shackle them. So they're not shackleable for yeah. crowd control. So they're pseudo-undead. They're, they're undead, but they're not quite seasoned enough to be fully undead. Right, but the fear, but <laughs> fear will work on them for crowd still. control. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> not Bill fully talking. cooked undead? Rare dead. Medium, medium well dead. Medium well dead. <laughs> medium well done. And those guys are good. One of the cool things that they draw, I remember, I don't remember what it's called, but they draw some nice healing pants. That was one of those situations where they dropped some pants. It was like plus 40. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going to be great. And then it said plus 40 healing. I'm like, uh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Did they drop anything else? I don't I'm don't sure know. they do. Dude, she drops her pants. What more do you want? She drops her Dude. healing pants. That's hot. Okay, so the next boss then is uh, Tendris Warpwood. He's the that big tree guy, the Ancient of War looking guy that, that we were talking about. And uh, he is pretty easy as long as you go through and kill all of those, um, I think they're iron bark protectors. The tree, the other tree guys, you have to kill all of them before you start the fight with him, or they'll come in and beat on you from the rear, which is, Whoa. for most people, <laughs> unpleasant. Okay. How are you doing? <laughs> some people like that. How um, are you? <laughs> I actually have written here, I, I saw when I was researching this online, some people say that this guy is actually soloable if you bring some potions to let you break out of his entanglement, and then just kind of kite him around. Maybe he's soluble if you're a plate or a male wearer. I think more as someone who's, I, I, I'm thinking it was someone who's a hunter, actually, and trying to just kite him, stay out of his reach. Could be. Keep the entangle off so they didn't get hit. So, I, obviously, we didn't try that. We just went in and burned him down real quick. We said, oh my god, he's poning me! <laughs> so, okay, Emilthar, then. So, Emilthar is the uh, is the big dog that, that you're trying to keep the uh, force field up, or they're trying to keep the force field up around. So, once you take down all those pylons and go in and kill him, he's uh, he looks a lot like the beast, like you were saying, or the corehounds. He's, he's got, got a bunch of eyes. He's got a bunch of eyes, kind of like an eye of beholder. Um, the eye, he actually spawns off these little eyes during the fight. Um, and if you don't kill them quickly, they apparently will come over and debuff you. But bit. they multiply fast. They? They're like yeah. rabbits. They're like the lava spawns. Yeah, yeah. They, they they keep multiplying because that's yeah. what when we. All I know is the first time we went in, we died almost 
immediately. Well, and I saw like seven or eight of them killing Kern Katerra. Yeah. So I was the last one standing, and they were all kind of hovering <laughs> around me like big cluster of grapes. Being, and I was going, being ah! unpleasant. But I think they warp you to like the center of the platform, but like a hundred really? feet above the center of the platform. So you take falling damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get so you get it. You're you're out of combat for a while. And they, it, you take falling damage. Well, that's unpleasant. So it's nasty. And he's actually pretty tough because he's just got a lot of health too. So you got, you got to really just beat on him for a long time. It's kind of a long fight. So it's important to kill those eyes as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much the key to to him. It should have kept uh, Imothar facing away from us and took the brunt of that, and we were able to get him from behind. So as long as you let your warrior sunder yeah, or do whatever they do and keep the aggro, the usual, yeah, get make sure the tank keeps the aggro. No boss likes it when tank. you uh, get him from behind. Always remember that. That's a common global <laughs> strategy that works on any boss. Never Take him down, from behind like and it. down him faster. From behind every time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I hope get that it. makes sense. <laughs> wow. I want to see Kern in her bathing suit. Yeah. It's... There went the show. <laughs> Again. <laughs> You know, there's always that defining moment, and we just hit it. Right. <laughs> hey, look, there's the shark swimming away. Mm-hmm. See, Kurt, what you don't realize is Eloy and Cromley and I can make off-color jokes, but you as our resident female, you cannot. You have <laughs> okay, to be completely pristine. I'll just sit over here, cross my legs, sit up nice and proper, make sure my hair is done, and smile, make sure dinner's ready on time. That's right. Thank you. Dinner. The last boss, then, is our buddy Prince Thortheldren in the library there. And like we were saying, he's got a really wide aggro radius, so you have to be careful around him. Um, he's got a knockback that will uh, clear aggro. I thought you were just about to say he's got a real wide ass, and that's all I can think of given the past thirty seconds. Oh, my mind's not in the gutter. Uh, so you want to make sure because he's, he's got, got a real, real wide, wide ass. ass you want to take uh, him from behind yeah. too, where he's at his weak. It's a big target. He can't see back there as well. He doesn't have those little remote control cameras. Get him to a position where the warrior backs him up into the ranged attacks and take him from behind. Prince's got back. Got many acolytes, but he's got big back, as Kern always says. Always take him from behind. Stay on target. Stay on target. So he has a knockback, which clears aggro, so that can be a little tricky. You have to get your tank to reacquire the aggro after after one of those knockbacks. And then uh, he's also he just does a lot of damage, so I think it's another case of make sure the tank keeps aggro, keep healing the tank, and uh, take him down. Since he has that knockback, a good tactic is to uh, get your, your backs to the wall. So basically you run right past him and get your back to the wall so that if he does knock you back, you're not getting thrown you know across the room or whatever you can get back in the fight but let the tank sit out there and yeah let the tank take the yeah take the damage mm-hmm. he's a tough one that guy hits really hard really hard now he dropped some good stuff though you know one of the things that i that i came across in the instance as we were doing this was that um those light blue evil void walker things dropped like mana shards or mana li- mana crystallized oh, yeah, fragments condensed those, mana that, fragments yeah do you know those things vendor well. for over a gold a piece well, they didn't vendor for me that way. Well, I'm vendor? sorry that you went to no, the wrong No, there were two vendor. different types. There were yeah. two different oh, types. Were. Some of them were yeah. like 30 silver and some were like around a gold. Really? Yeah, like a gold, oh. like a gold 30 or something. I had a stack of like four of them. I got almost five gold. Well, how come I didn't get any of them? They gave me a gold. What the heck's up with that? Because, because you're a warlock. I think you're lying. I think you are lying to the Tavern Cast fans in a purposeful... If you hate Kern like Eloy, please be sure to give us feedback on our forums. <laughs> Make sure you whisper us in game, too. I really like that. Yeah. Eloysius yeah. especially likes that. In fact, just make a macro for it. Mm, that's hot. That's hot.
As they say, all good things must come to an end. And thank goodness, so will this segment. So let's sit back as the Taverncasters give us their impressions on Dire Mall West. The greatest new wave hits of Senior Wences. <laughs> when the problem comes around, you must weep it. So there's Dire Mall. Dire Mall has got some. It's a. I thought it was a really fun instance. It's got. Um, it's like like I said earlier. It's just one big giant event. So there's not like bosses you necessarily go for and skip and try to skip different wings of it. You, there's pretty much a progression, you know, beginning, middle, end sort of thing. And it's a nice little story. A simple story, but a nice one. I think it's helpful to kind of keep that in mind and it makes it that much more fun to do. And, you know, the whole thing about Imulthar and the shield looks cool and it's challenging and the loot <laughs> is actually very good. So if you're doing pre-Molten Core stuff, if you're not quite into Molten Core and you're still running the Tier 0 instances, I highly recommend putting this in your... Um, you know, in your in your weekly repertoire, as it would, because it can be, uh, it can just be a lot of fun. Well, it, I think in many cases, the the reason the the instance is cool is because of that story. Is because it it's like you're in the position of you go in there because you're just going in and exploring, and as you get halfway through, you run into that Shendralar uh, ancient guy who suddenly starts giving you clues as to what the heck you're you're there for in the first place. So it's it's like you're sidetracked. You know, you're working your th- way through exploring. You run into the you know the the same warped tree guys and vegetation that you did in uh, Dire Mall East and then suddenly the instance starts changing you see more and more of the agents running around and then it becomes a situation where it's like you can like save these people basically from the plight that they're in um, and that, that's where it becomes kind of cool. I think that one of the things though that would be kind of frustrating though is that if you'd never been to Dire Mall before and you went in and you bypassed the pylons and you get up to Shendrilla Ancient, hey take the pylons out now you gotta go all the way back down yeah, and take true. care of those so that's yeah, tavern cast. We're here for you. <laughs> Efficiency, not wasting any, not wasting any time. Listen to everything we say and follow it to the letter. Well, that's it. As we return from another tavern cast field trip. We hope you found this week's adventure fun and informative. Please be sure to complete your review questions at the end of this chapter and submit your questionnaires to www.taverncast.com. Thanks again, and looking forward to seeing you next time on another Taverncast field trip. Bye-bye. So long. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. See you next time. Previously on the lore of Warcraft. 
the highborn's reckless use of magic sent ripples of energy spiraling out from the well of eternity and into the great dark beyond. Sargeras, Sargeras. the great enemy of all life, felt the potent ripples and was drawn to their distant point of origin. Queen Ashara fell victim to Sargeras's undeniable power and agreed to grant an entrance to her world. The warrior demons of the Burning Legion stormed into the world through the well of eternity. Though the brave Kaldori warriors rushed to defend their ancient homeland, they were forced to give ground Inch by inch. inch by inch. It fell to Malfurion Stormrage to find help for his beleaguered people. Stormrage, whose own brother Illidan practiced the Highborn's magics, was incensed by the growing corruption amongst the upper class. Convincing Illidan to forsake his dangerous obsession, Malfurion set out to find Cenarius and muster a resistance force. The beautiful young princess, Tyran, agreed to accompany the brothers, Illidan, who had grown dependent on magic's empowering energy, struggled to keep control of his nearly overwhelming hunger to tap the well's energies once again. Cenarius, who dwelt within the sacred moon, agreed to help the Night Elves by finding ancient dragons and enlisting their aid. Cenarius, calling on the spirits of the enchanted forests, rallied an army of ancient tree men and led them against the Legion in a daring ground assault. As the Night Elves' allies converged upon Ashara's temple and the Well of Eternity, all-out warfare erupted. Despite the strength of their newfound allies, Malfurion and his colleagues realized that the Legion could not be defeated by martial strength alone. As the titanic battle raged around Ashara's capital city, the delusional queen waited in anticipation for Sargeras' arrival. The Lord of the Legion was preparing to pass through the Well of Eternity and enter the ravaged world. As his impossibly huge shadow drew ever closer to the well's raging surface, Ashara gathered the most powerful of her highborn followers. Only by linking their magics together in one focused spell would they be able to create a gateway large enough for Sargeras to enter. 
the battle raged across the burning fields of Kalimdor, a terrible turn of events unfolded. The details of the event have been lost to time, but it is known that Neltharion, the dragon aspect of the Earth, went mad during a critical engagement against the Burning Legion. He began to split apart as flame and rage erupted from his dark hide. Renaming himself Deathwing, the burning dragon turned on his brethren and drove the five dragonflights from the field of battle. Deathwing's sudden betrayal was so destructive that the five dragonflights never truly recovered. Wounded and shocked, Alexstrasza and the other noble dragons were forced to abandon their mortal allies. Malfurion and his companions, now hopelessly outnumbered, barely survived the ensuing onslaught. Malfurion, convinced that the Well of Eternity was the demon's umbilical link to the physical world, insisted that it should be destroyed. Sargeras cannot be allowed to enter this world. His companions, knowing that the well was the source of their immortality and powers, were horrified by the rash notion. Yet Tyrand saw the wisdom of Malfurion's theory, so she convinced Cenarius and their comrades to storm Ashara's temple and find a way to shut the well down for good. Knowing that the well's destruction would prevent him from ever wielding magic again, Illidan selfishly abandoned the group and set out to warn the Highborn of Malfurion's plan. Due to the insanity brought on by his addiction and the stinging resentment towards his brother's affair with Tyran, Illidan felt no remorse at betraying Malfurion and siding with Ashara and her ilk. Above all else, 
Illidan vowed to protect the well's power by any means necessary. Heartbroken by his brother's departure, Malfurion led his companions into the heart of Ashara's temple. Quickly, must enter the chamber. Yet as they stormed into the main audience chamber, they found the Highborn in the midst of their final dark incantation. The communal spell created an unstable vortex of power within the well's turbulent depths. As Sargeras's ominous shadow drew ever closer to the surface, Malfurion and his allies rushed to attack. We must stop her! Ashara, having received Illidan's warning, was more than prepared for them. <laughs> Nearly all of Malfurion's followers fell before the Mad Queen's powers. As the battle raged inside and outside of the temple, Illidan appeared from the shadows near the shores of the Great Well. Producing a set of specially crafted vials, Illidan knelt and filled each with the well's shimmering waters. Convinced that the demons would crush the Night Elf civilization, he planned to steal the sacred waters and keep their energies for himself. Goddess is my sheep. <laughs> Tyran, attempting to attack Ashara from behind, was caught off guard by the Queen's highborn guardsmen. Though she vanquished the guardsmen, Tyran suffered grievous wounds at their hands. When Malfurion saw his love fall, he went into a murderous rage and resolved to end Ashara's life. Ashara! You, Malfurion, are nothing! The ensuing battle between Malfurion and Ashara threw the Highborn's carefully crafted spellwork into chaos. The unstable vortex within the well's depths exploded and ignited a catastrophic chain of events that would sunder the world forever.
The massive explosion rocked the temple to its foundations and sent massive quakes ripping through the tortured earth. As the horrific battle between the Legion and the Night Elves' allies raged around and above the ruined capital city, the surging Well of Eternity buckled in upon itself and collapsed. The resultant catastrophic explosion shattered the earth and blotted out the skies. As the aftershocks from the well's implosion rattled the bones of the world, the seas rushed in to fill the gaping wound left in the earth. Nearly 80% of Kalimdor's landmass had been blasted apart, leaving only a handful of separate continents surrounding the new raging sea. At the center of the new sea, where the Well of Eternity once stood, was a tumultuous storm of tidal fury and chaotic energies. This terrible scar, known as the Maelstrom, would never cease its furious spinning. It would remain a constant reminder of the terrible catastrophe and the utopian era that had been lost forever. Somehow, against all odds, Queen Ashara and her highborn elite managed to survive the ordeal. Tortured and twisted by the powers they had released, Ashara and her followers were dragged down beneath the raging sea by the well's implosion. Cursed, transformed, they took on new shapes and became the hateful serpentine Naga. Ashara herself expanded with hate and rage, becoming a massive monstrosity, reflecting the wickedness and malice that had always hidden within her core. There, at the bottom of the maelstrom, the Naga built for themselves a new city, Nazjatar, from where they would rebuild their power. It would take over 10,000 years before the Naga would reveal their existence to the surface world.
right, everybody, that was show 28. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you check us out online at www.taverncast.com. Sign up with a forum account. Please contribute to our witty banter and all kinds of misinformation. It's our forte. (laughs) That's what we do best. If you're interested in joining the guild, the pod people, uh, please be sure to check us out at www.thepodpeople.net. Uh, currently, membership is closed, but we do open it up at the beginning of each month when we are taking applications. So be sure to fill out your best application, and we'll be sure to deny it as quickly as possible. We'd also ask that if you like the show, please donate. Uh, that helps us keep making the show. You can do that by going to our website at www.taverncast.com. Look for the uh, donate button in the lower left-hand corner and uh, donate. If you do it at a level of $15 or more, you get access to our subscribers area, which has some special content. You can also help us out by uh, going to the Taverncast store website and buying various Warcraft and Taverncast themed goodies such as beer mugs and t-shirts. And that's at TaverncastStore.com Seriously, those mugs are awesome. They're awesome. I just wanted to mention that the the winners of our If I Had a Merlot contest, a lot of them got mugs. And so I actually got to see them for the first time. I mean, I bought one when I first started hearing the cast. But no, when I read... <laughs> those are... I was very impressed with the quality. The quality is things. very good. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. Only for 21 in the States, though. True. <laughs> Oh, now we're going to lay down the principles? <laughs> After come from behind? Yeah, good. They came from behind. They came from behind. Um, take it from behind <laughs> only if you're 18 or over. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And if you'd like to uh, take Taverncast from behind, you can give us a call at 418-8727 and deluge us with your nonsense because that's all we seem to be getting lately. Nonsense like this... Rock. Okay, I just wanted to say that Devin Gates is a noob. Uh, uh, Tavern Cast is Uber. Devin Gates equals noob. Tavern Cast equals leet. This is Karen from Boulderfist, and I approve of this voicemail. And Karen Katera, I love you. Hey guys, um, my nickname on WoW is Brint, but on your server it's also called Dwarf Reaver. Um, I was just wondering, Karen Katara, um, where did you get your sources? Um, yeah, can you get back to me on that? Thanks. Hey, I'm Gradwin from the Feather Moon server, and I was talking, you talked about DKP a few weeks ago, I'm guessing. Well, I think so. And anyway, um, there's this thing I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, never mind, I can go back. <laughs> Did you hear the one that was from last time? I want good. my shoes. Sue took my shoes. What the like fuck? Fat guy for What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Play rocks. Keep, keep it up, whoever that is. Uh, seriously, if you'd rather not give us nonsense and you'd rather give us a neat story or some kind of wor- World of Warcraft related uh, errata, pleat, not erotica, errata, there's a big difference. Anyways, wow. um, wow. my lord. All the difference. <laughs> wow. Just, just. Hi, I'm a Gordok Ogre and Tireball. I had to use You're that You're kind of hot. Oh, thank you. Next yeah, time you on like Tavern Cast Letters. You want to go out to Tire Mall sometime and take it from mine? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
thing that you just said makes the show. <laughs> there sure it is. Fun for the whole family, minus your children, old people, and anyone who might be easily offended. <laughs> Coming up next. <laughs> Visit our friends at analoghole.com. The, an- the analoghole.com. Analoghole.com. Analoghole might be something for we do. So goodbye. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs> Taverncast is recorded live in front of a studio audience. Taverncast does not endorse underage drinking and reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly. Taverncast is a Snapdragon production. Visit us online at www.taverncast.com. Coming up on Taverncast, we talk Burning Crusade. Topics include, what do you think of the Belf Palace? Kern Kater. I think they're, I think the lore of the Belf is not... Wrong! Gromley. Uh, they're going to be great in PvP. Wrong! Mm-hmm. The correct answer is, they're fantastic. Next stop, Burning Crusade. We're talking about... It was going to be kind of dire, Maul. No, Sophia, don't go in there. Daddy's doing important work for Taverncast. That's not going to work for me. Can you redo it, though? <laughs> Backwards? In Spanish? Next year, the sequel, Taverncast, derailed. Eloy, who won't shut up. <laughs> Taverncast, Lord of the Flaws. balls, he can put in his mouth with things right, 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 right. the back of his head. One of those S&M like things that yeah. just hangs out there. Here. For God's <laughs> sakes, outtakes material, reboot your site. I'm sorry, who was the one who's been talking for the last but five minutes? Funny. Diarrhea of the mouth, hello? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I love Bill. This guy had a lot more secrets than just what was in Castle Grayskull. <laughs> hey, do you think He-Man's line works well at the bar? Walks up to chicks and like, I have the plan! <laughs> Come, Sargeras, come! Up! Rise! Rise, Sargeras, rise! Come, Sargeras! Come, Sargeras! No! No, not the explosion! An ex- not the explosion. <laughs> Just think about baseball. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you attempted to attack me from behind. She likes it from behind. <laughs> Get that man, that guy... <laughs> Get him and and vanquish you. I don't know. Right. Thinks that he could attempt to even get me from behind. <laughs> Sounded bad. <laughs> for the elves. For Blizzard. For Vivendi. <laughs> you must not bring Sarchas into this world. You shall not pass. Wait, sorry. <laughs> That's the wrong movie. <laughs> Stand your ground, men! Cast disrupts! Anybody that can kick, shield bash! Place your grounding totems! Anyone have any mana pots? 
house stones! Be sure to get a soul stone on the priest! Wait for aggro! Aggro, I tell Mogriff, run to the center! Alright, my men. I want you to DPS very slowly. And when I mean slowly, I mean f Ashara! There is no aggro reset. Now die! Attack, my brothers! Sean Connery here. Just want to say thank you, Bryce, for letting me do this fantastic show here you got. It's really a privilege to be on Daverncast on a w- What the f*** is a Daverncast? Get ready! Absolutely! Look at there! There's Sir Jerris! He's got to go kick his butt! <laughs> <laughs>